Hello, and welcome to episode 45 of Golden Shower of Hits. Today on the podcast, Jamie and Mike will be joined by my amazing, talented, and incredibly virile husband, John Guffey. The guys will review John's all-time favorite album, the legendary soundtrack to Prince's Purple Rain, released in 1984. John's enthusiasm for this album knows no bounds, and his encyclopedic musical knowledge will undoubtedly make this the best episode in the history of Golden Shower of Hits. Full disclosure, in case you haven't figured it out, John wrote this intro, and these statements were made under duress. Let's get crazy! Let's get So we have a new voice on the line this week. Oh, shit. God diggity. <laughs> I love how, uh, uh, I mean, you didn't set him up across this room. You, you put him in isolation. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to look at him. Can't blame I him. I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, I mean, do you think he wanted to look at you? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely did. <laughs> you guys definitely have romance feeling, romance type feelings for each other. It's, the love is. I'm deep. surprised you guys aren't crying yet. It's oh, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I cried twice on the way over here. <laughs> my notes, uh, my notes for the show. That my very first note is Mike is in for a cry fest tonight. So, <laughs> uh, and 
Shit, my nose is running already. <laughs> uh, well, shit. Um, do we have any follow-up that we need to touch on? We actually do, <clears throat> and I'm going to try to fire it out uh, before we get into the episode, because I, I have a feeling this might be a long episode. So, um, We talked about, uh, on the Queen episode, we, talk, we briefly touched about Adam Lambert and... Uh, the other guy that sang for Queen for a little while. So I thought, oh, I should actually. Who was the other guy? Uh, the guy from Free. Paul Rogers. Paul oh, Rogers. Paul Rogers. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I thought, oh, I should see, I should check out Amber, La- uh, Amber, Adam Lambert singing on, uh, with Queen, you know, just to see what it was like. And He's really good. I came across a late, late show clip with James Corden uh, and Queen was on the show playing and they did like a little skit where James was talking, you know, the host was talking shit to Adam Lambert about how he could sing. And uh, so they did like a, like a face-off where they each sung a little bit of a, a, you know, few songs. And James Corden did a really good job of singing Don't Stop Me Now. I was super surprised. So I'll put that in the show notes for people to check out, but definitely worth uh, watching. I think that would be the one he would nail. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, and then, uh, we talked about kiss playing with Sabbath. They opened, uh, they played four shows on the sabotage tour, uh, in 75 and 76 between August and December of 75. So thought I would follow up on that. Uh, Jane. Thanks. Thanks nerd. (laughs) Jane. Uh, we talked about Jane Weedlin from the go-go's. Yeah. Uh, Go-Go's are getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I know. It's so, so fucking rad. Yeah. Uh, so I, do- I checked her website. She will officially, she will officiate your wedding and play four songs with the band. You have to cover the, uh, cost of travel and hotel. And her fee is for that is $7,000. So yeah, there you go. I wonder if it's going to double this year. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> she'll bring her a uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame statue. You know, if you pay her a little more money, she'll tie you up and whip you and tell you you're a piece of shit, too. <laughs> Isn't she a dominatrix? Yeah, she's a dominatrix, too. Oh, my God. Is that right? Yeah. How much extra? I don't know, I, man. I, mean, but... I, wonder, I mean, I'm not interested, but I think, I mean, I could I could see myself tying someone up and treating them like shit for money. I, I do that for free. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not into yeah, but, the S&M stuff, but I mean. I'm not either, but I'd let Jane Weedland do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I think. So, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to start out with anyone. I don't want to get tied up and talked shit to. I want to make money. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be around uh, Jane Weedland. Yeah, right. There's uh, nothing nothing sexual about any of this for me. <laughs> right, right. I'm always looking for an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's all I got for follow-up for this week. So, uh, Guffy corrected us on... On the, the, what's it called? The deaky? Yep. The sneaky, sneaky deaky? Yep. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We so, were talking about the, the record, uh, you know, the recording stuff. Yeah. The, the stuff about Brian May's guitar sound, which I'm super, super nerdy about and uh, can recreate it pretty well with my wacky solid state amp. But, um, but yeah, he actually, all his lead stuff is a little tiny uh, solid state amp that John Deacon made called the, they refer to it as the deaky. And, uh, like it looks really weird and they just uh put an sm57 on a table in front of it and then put a coat over it and and put the range master in front of it and that's all his lead sounds after the podcast went up chris smith sent me a link to a whole story just about that amplifier oh wow 
That's pretty interesting. I'll send you the link. Um, yeah, and but- it shows, apparently it was built out of some broken transistor radio. Oh, crazy. I always thought it was from a kid amp, like a Heath kit or something. No, it's like, and I think it shows like they, they figured out from the circuit board, like what it belonged to, I think. Crazy. I might be talking out of my ass, but I'm, <laughs> I'm almost certain it can't, you know, I get these texts that come in in the middle of the night. I wake up at six and I look at them like as I'm walking the dog or you know, whatever. That's why I get texts from you guys. And then in the middle of the day, I'm like, Hey, did you guys text me? Cause like it's buried at that point. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, interesting. I'll send you the link to that, and maybe we, we yeah, can put, put it in the show notes. I don't know what we, the fuck we do with it. Cool. I took so many. So today we're doing Purple Rain, Prince Purple Rain. Yes, we are. And I took. <sighs> Wait a minute. By who? <laughs> <laughs> um, I started doing research on this the other day, and I was up till four in the morning doing research on this last night, and I still feel like I haven't even scratched the surface. There's a lot. Man. How much? Yeah. How much research did you do on uh, purifying uh, <laughs> in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? <laughs> Enough to know that uh, they didn't film that at Lake Minnetonka. That was about it. So right, yeah. <laughs> well, he tells you that right in the right in the movie. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I have an unbelievable amount of show notes for this episode. Here's the thing. Here's the only thing that bothered me this week. First of all, if you listen to this on Spotify, which I owned this record originally on vinyl, that's how I bought it when it came out. And then on, I I always bought vinyl because you could record a cassette, right? Right. right. That just made sense to me, even though it didn't sound as good, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't understand fidelity when I was a kid. Um, uh, when the, there's a couple of songs that go together, I would die for you and to Baby, I'm a star, and there's a fucking huge gap. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It bums me out. Yeah. And also, if you just search Purple Rain on Spotify, it's shocking how many assholes have called their, have named themselves Purple Rain. Oh, really? Yeah, assholes. <laughs> I did not come across that. I don't yeah, use Spotify. <laughs> yeah, there. if you search, there are bands and singular artists who've named themselves Purple Rain. Really? Yeah, well, assholes. I, I know the name Purple Rain came from a song, a line in a song by some other band. Um, but uh, believe it or not, I did not write that down. So. <laughs> <sighs> Failing right out of the gate. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so uh, real quick. I, so, you know, this gave me the uh, a reason to watch uh, Prince playing the George Harrison Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing. Oh, it's a good yeah. one. Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, any excuse I can find to watch that again. Uh, and hopefully everybody knows what I'm talking about. If not, check the show notes. I'll put a link to it. It's unbelievable. But there's a new edit of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is there? Yeah. New when they show Prince more. Oh, nice. And uh, it's funny because uh, for years after that came out, uh, if you uh, searched best guitar solo ever in YouTube, it was the first result. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> not anymore but it was for probably like seven years oh my god yeah it's like the most rock and roll thing ever it's incredible man so i was looking through the comments and i saw a great comment (laughs) i saw a great comment which uh was prince is the type of dude that shows up to school in a cape but then can actually fly (laughs) which uh reminds me i hopefully john will uh tell us his uncle's 
Prince story, which I love. I will. Uh, so my uncle um, is, you know, just retired, you know, a couple of years ago, but he was a recording engineer and producer in Iowa for, you know, like God, 40 years and, you know, owned one of the biggest studios in the Midwest. And uh, he um, did a lot of like Roots records and stuff. And he did um, all the records for this guy. Greg Brown is a pretty well-known kind of like folk blues uh, artist, you know, acoustic finger picking, you know, blues singer. And my uncle did all his records and uh, Prince was a huge fan. And, you know, we were in Iowa, so we're, you know, two hours away from Minneapolis at that point. And he would have Greg come up like, you know, a couple of times a year and do private concerts for him and his friends at uh, Paisley Park. And Greg's an wow. old dude and he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he was not impressed at all. He's like, oh, it's a gig. I'll go up there, you know, and uh, I remember, um, get paid. Yeah. And so he was, you know, down in the studio and he, uh, uh, you know, people were asking him about, you know, what's it like playing for Prince? And he's like, oh man, just another gig. I just walk in and I'm like, what up, Prian? And, you know, which is, I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, but then, uh, yeah, yeah, so is he like as, as strange as, you know, he appears and is, is that an actor? Does he act different? And he's like, man, it was 2 p.m. Dude's wearing a cape. <laughs> That's all he said. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so good. Yeah, it was rad, man. You I mean, you got to you got to respect that. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. They uh yeah, I <laughs> I did a bunch of I watched a bunch of uh videos and read a bunch of interviews with uh the people that were his engineers and um he exclusively worked with um female engineers um this this his first engineer so from uh, Controversy through Purple Rain was this lady peggy mac mccreary and she said um like 1999 was literally just him and her in the studio nobody else um yeah and she said every day he would come to the studio and would be fully dressed like she'd be wearing jeans and a t-shirt and sneakers and she's like i only ever saw him once wear a pair of sneakers and it was to play basketball against jimmy jam and terry lewis because <laughs> <laughs> they had like a basketball hoop. and he can hoop too he can yep. hoop yeah apparently so uh, Prince blocked out like months at a time in, in studio two or studio three at sunset sound in, in Hollywood. And, uh, they had a basketball hoop there and every once in a while he would play people. But she said, yeah, the only time he saw, she saw him, uh, wear sneakers was he was wearing sn white sneakers with like gold glitter on them. And it was him and Sheila E versus, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And she <laughs> said that he, he smoked them. <laughs> so, so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him on the Love Sexy tour, and it was like oh, a, really? in the round. Whoa. Oh, yeah. It was fucking amazing. It was an in the round thing. You know, it was the first right, in right. the round show I ever saw. Um, and he, there was a basketball, uh, there was a hoop and backboard on stage. You're kidding. Just for, no, fucking full. I mean, the, so, the show opens up with like a Cadillac making a full circle around the stage. Oh my God. That's awesome. And then he jump. you know, like the band is playing. Right. And he's, he's sitting, it's a convertible or it's a Thunderbird, you know, like okay. I'm going to drive yeah. my, you know, the uh, alphabet street. And then, uh, yeah, at one point he just like takes one shot, you know, like a three fucking pointer from across the stage and swish. Nothing You're but net. kidding. <laughs> no. Wow. In, like, in a fucking arena, you know, he's just like, <laughs> he had that much confidence. Wow. 
That's amazing. So he's like, I mean, can you fucking imagine like what, how, what the crowd would have done if he would have missed? Oh God. I would love to see the outtakes <laughs> from that tour. Yeah. Cause he couldn't have made all of them. Right. right? I don't know. Could he? He fucking print. I don't know. Yeah, but he right. fucking, John, John's right it, on that one. I couldn't believe it. Actually. Wow, that's a, I mean, it was just like swish. Right. Nope, right. Like, and he just, I, don't, I think that he may have even like thrown up the shot and just turned around. Oh, the no, <laughs> no look. way. Like the no look. Yeah. Wow. Just like, I know it's money. Oh and, my he, God. and it was just like, and the, and the whole place fell a fucking part. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Holy shit. Incre- like wow. there's, I don't know if there's ever been a greater confidence man in the world. Oh yeah. He was fearless at everything, man. It was ridiculous. So much fun yeah. to watch. Wow. Yeah. We, John and I saw Prince on the love for one another charity tour in 97 in Moline. And then we saw him on the Live Out Loud tour. Live Out Loud. Live Out Loud. Yeah, yeah Live Out Loud tour uh, in 2013 at the Rose Roseland. Yeah, like 1,200 people. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. Fucking amazing. And uh, uh, part of the when he the opening song he pay, played a little bit of Frankenstein by Edgar. <laughs> the Edgar yeah, it was a slowed down version of Let's Go Crazy that. that medleyed into Frankenstein. It was, <laughs> it was unbelievable, amazing. man. I saw the. It was either the night before or the night after Showbox. Show yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, we uh, on ours though. I think ours was the only night of the tour that he closed with Purple Rain. And oh wow. And I like was oh yeah in- inconsolable. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie just filmed me and laughed at me the whole time. Which really sucked because like literally we're like three people back from the front of the stage. Prince is fucking playing Purple Rain and all On I can piano. Do, and all I can do is film John. <laughs> like I can't even enjoy the show. I'm just laughing at John so yeah. bad. Oh, but, I was, I oh was, it was so worth it. I was a mess. <laughs> Maybe I'll uh post a link to that video. Hey, let me ask you guys a question about that show. Mm-hmm. Did it sound good? It actually sounded great. Yeah. You know, here's some here's an unpopular thing. Here's something that only one other person that I know that was at that show had the cojones to say. And I said it the whole time. I was like, it doesn't sound good. And here's the thing. Prince mixed the show from stage. Really? Really? Wow. Yeah. He mixed the shows from stage. I don't remember... See, noticing that but i mean it's entirely possible he did the i mean he too. didn't he wasn't over actively mixing it but right uh, i know people at the show box and they were like yeah he mixed the show from stage crazy uh it didn't sound great that was a bummer yeah that was a that was a real bummer because that was a that was the last time i saw him from what i recall it sounded and, and i mean it's entirely possible we were just so psyched to be standing like yeah feet away from prince watching him play that we didn't notice but uh, well, you were probably catching a lot of stage sound. Yeah, yeah, and, we were we were way up front, right? And you did know, you guys see his pedal board? It looks like a fucking <laughs> a boss uh, display. Fucking, <laughs> b- boss display at guitar center. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, yeah, no, it looks like a teenager <laughs> put it together. It's like I gotta throw this together. Oh no, not this one. It's just like cables everywhere. <laughs> right, like, bat- like his pedals are on batteries. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he doesn't. He's not too particular. You know. One it's thing, not uh, what I would expect. One thing I really uh, liked about that show was he really seemed to be having fun and really yeah, seemed to he be seemed happy. like he was in a great mood. Uh, when, yeah. we saw, when we saw him the first time in the, at the arena show, yeah. he did not seem no. happy. 
he was very angry yeah and uh it came across and he was still unbelievable yeah he played like a medley of like three songs i knew and then a bunch of bullshit i didn't care about and it was <laughs> right. still the best concert i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that i'll gripe about about that show was that his guitar was mixed much lower than um than the gal i don't remember her name grant grant grantham yeah, I don't know. I don't, can't remember what her name is. She was really good. Yeah, all those girls were good. Yeah. Oh man, the rhythm section. Yeah, was they're disgusting, fucking amazing. Man. Was the bass player especially yeah. was just out of out of sight. Yeah, we. Um, so it's funny. I always felt like whenever I had the opportunity to see Prince, I went to see him, and I only ever had two opportunities. But um, you know, there Prince fans are. You thought Kiss fans were nerdy? Holy oh yeah, fuck, dude. Prince fans are <laughs> fucking bananas. Um, and so there's a great, this unbelievable wiki, um, about Prince and it turns out he played at the Schnitz in Portland in 2002 and then played an after show at the Roseland. And I don't know how the fuck we missed that, but crazy. Yeah. So that was a thing that he would do a lot. Yep. Just go to a club and play to like four in the morning. So that's a good segue. So when I, um, was watching the interviews with, uh, Peggy McCreary from Sunset Sound and Susan Rogers, Susan said, um, so they, uh, they would play when they were on the purple rain tour. Um, they would do a four hour sound check at the arena, then huh. take a union, uh, mandated dinner break, play a two and a half hour show, then either go to an after party or a recording studio and stay until they had to catch a flight or get on the bus the next day. And then they would sleep on the flight or the bus and then they would do it all over again. So it was just like constant playing with Prince um, on that tour. Another thing that she said that was ugh, fucking so sweet. She said that um, on the Purple Rain tour during the day, they would take a truck full of equipment to children's hospitals with full setups like scarves, flowers, and everything and play a set for kids in the children's hospitals and not just do like two songs, but they would do like a full set for the kids. And, uh, they would do it on one condition, which was no press. And they had to keep it quiet that they even did the show. Wow. And they, yeah, he just, they were constantly playing. And, um, she said that Prince was like unbelievably generous. She said that, uh, she gave on the purple rain tour, which was about 85 people. Uh, he gave every roadie their own hotel room, which, you know, roadies normally have to double up. And so he was just like, I feel like people need their privacy. And so he bought everyone their own hotel room, which was very generous and very expensive, I would think. So, yeah. Crazy, man. Um, do you listen to the Gear Club podcast? No. It's not about Marshalls. <laughs> no, it's not. Or Scuzzback speakers or whatever the fuck you he doesn't like scumbags dude he does he's very disappointed in scumbags reissue of blackback uh uh celestians from 1972 to 1977 you're pretty close hey hey jamie you know how much uh prince cared about all that shit (laughs) exactly i mean i do have to admit that jamie's guitar sound is better than prince's guitar sound but uh... (laughs) thank you (laughs) so I'm going to print that quote out and frame it and hang it up somewhere in my house. It's going to fucking great. Yeah. Uh, the Gear Club podcast, um, Sylvia Massey. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So she's great. She's She has a studio here in Oregon, in Ashland, I think. And um, yeah, 
she talks a lot about Prince, her time with Prince. Yeah, I think she did the Diamonds and Pearls record and some stuff after that. And Tool. Oh, wait a oh, minute. Oh, yeah, she did Tool, and too. Yeah. Susan Rogers Susan was Rogers. also on there. Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, and that's a two-parter. And it's and she, and she talks about all the stuff there. Yeah. Uh, that's that's one that you would like. You would like that a lot. Yeah, also, what's it called? The Gear? Gear Club. Gear Club. Yes. It's... Um, John and Yellow, who's like a, you know, he's worked on a lot of shit. Mm. Dinosaur Jr. and Sonic Youth and fucking Cindy Lauper. Well, solid resume. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, Susan Rogers. So whenever we do these podcasts, you know, I, I mean, it, it's like we can talk, especially with great albums, you know, it, it's it's like we just circle jerk about, we can just circle jerk about how great the songs are, which everybody already thinks the songs are great. So a lot of times I try to bring up people that are kind of on the periphery that had stuff to do with the album that maybe people don't know about. And Susan Rogers is, is one of those people. She, so she was in her early twenties and she, (laughs) she started out as a console, like a recording console and tape machine repair person. Wow. Which like you're a 20 year old girl in 78 and (laughs) that's the career you choose, which is fucking nuts, right? Like, I can't imagine any, you know, there were that many females doing that uh, sort of Unlikely. work Unlikely. Yeah. So she got mixed up with Prince um, because he bought a console and she was the installer. So she goes to Minnesota and installs this console for him. And he's like, hey, can you hang around and work the console while I record some stuff? And she was like, okay. And then for the next five years, she was his engineer. <laughs> like she'd never engineered. <laughs> never left. Yeah. She'd never engineered anything before that. And uh Ended up being his fucking engineer in Minnesota the whole time. And wow. she eventually, so, it, and I don't know if this is a thing, but it seems like Prince uh, works exclusively with female engineers and they tend to last about five years. So Susan worked for, and, and I don't know why their time ended with him, but um, Susan uh, went on to record um, Bare Naked Ladies. I think whatever their big record was and made a bunch of money and got out of recording. What are you eating under there? What? That's their big record. Oh, I, I fucking It's fuck called what out. are you eating under there? Isn't it? I don't I, know. I, I try to know I as little about that band as humanly possible. <laughs> yeah. They a, sold like a dollar. They sold like 5 million copies and she made Pretty a bunch good. of money and decided to get out of recording and went, uh, back to school to be a scientist, like in her forties. Jesus. And she wanted to do, um, research with pigs, but somebody was like, why don't you, you know, you're already 40. <laughs> why don't you do something in the sciences with something you already have experience with? So she, she does all this work with like, um, uh, music and cognitive stuff like in the brain. And now she teaches at Berkeley. And she's been like a scientist slash teacher at Berkeley for a, a lot of years. So wild. That's what she's up to now. But wow. she had a couple of great quotes um, <laughs> that I'll read you. Uh, she and, and this kind of hit home for me. <laughs> hit me in the gut. She said, "Sound doesn't really matter when the thinking is genius." So she was talking about how like a lot of Prince uh, records could have sounded way better. Um, right. but it doesn't fucking matter because the songs are brilliant. You oh know? yeah. Um, she said when the thinking is average, the sounds have to be extraordinary. So 
like when punk came along, it sounded like shit, but it was great because the ideas were new, you know, like the Sex Pistols and the Ramones, like those albums sound terrible, but they're amazing albums because Sex, of, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 yeah, Sex whoa, Sex Pistols whoa. record sounds pretty good, but the Misfits, yeah, I think, are the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, the, yeah, the Misfits, Misfits sound terrible. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was a, a, a interesting quote. And uh, she's, Well, the, perfor- the energy of the performances are incredible. Right, yeah. You know, like... It doesn't. It, it could be recorded on a fucking boombox, and yeah, it would be acceptable. She said that uh, after after working with Prince, you know, because he worked so fast and was so talented. She's like, after working with Prince, you fr- you try not to feel the stain for someone who takes all day to do a guitar part. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like, I remember thinking multiple times. Why do you have a record deal? <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. yeah so that's, 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 that's definitely a step down pretty much to anybody she would record after that. Right. Yeah. Like, God, can you imagine? So. Well, anyone. Yeah. Yep, anybody. Everyone. Like Prince is maybe the only person that wouldn't. I know we mentioned this in the last episode. Prince is perhaps the only person that wouldn't be in the shadow of Freddie Mercury if they were on stage together. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, Peggy McCreary, so uh, Prince, uh, during controversy through Purple Rain, did a a lot of recording at Sunset Sound in Hollywood. Um, And basically, like I said, he blocked out months at a time in this studio and worked with an engineer there named Peggy Mac McCleary. Um, She was his first female engineer. She once did a 24-hour shift with Prince. I would think that would probably happen more than once. Yeah, <laughs> she, she said that uh, um, she would. Uh, she sometimes when she was getting really tired, she would sneak decaf into the coffee machines. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so we would eventually want to go home. Uh, she said that Prince gave away a lot of his songs, and on those songs, a lot of times he's actually singing underneath to help out the vocal. So real low in what the mix. What does that mean? Um, like I don't, she didn't say which songs, but like Manic Monday and stuff like that, like songs he would give to other artists. Right. He, he's actually singing as well. He'd do a guide track. Right. Yeah. Uh, but they would keep it in there. So. Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, this old thing. We just get rid of that. Uh, she said Purple Rain was written on a 1907 Steinway that's still at Sunset Sound. Uh, most of, of 1999 was just Prince and Peggy in the studio. Um, she said that, and it's funny, Susan really seemed to like Prince and, and think he was great. Peggy, I don't know if she was more seasoned. So she was, you know, like she cut Van Halen one and two, right? <laughs> you know, she's, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine a woman being in that room? Well, it's funny. She was, uh, you know, the whole time she talked, you could tell she she was okay working with dudes. Like she was, you know, a little gnarly and crass or not crass, but you know what I mean? You could tell she could. One of the fellas. Yeah. Um, but Seems she, like it might have been a gnarly, like that Van Halen one might have been a gnarly room. Right. Well, she was saying that uh, it was... It was funny because it's a it's a YouTube series where Sunset Sound is kind of documenting the history of Sunset Sound, and so they're interviewing different engineers, and so it's it's on YouTube. But you can tell that she does not she did not like David Lee Roth. 
<laughs> I don't think anybody likes yeah. David Lee Roth, man, except David Lee Roth. But she was like, the other three guys were great. She's like, they were so young and so adorable and had so much energy and were like so excited to be in the studio. And, uh, but the, you know, she was talking about how people would hit on her all the time and stuff. And she, she just rebuffed everybody, but she had a crush on, uh, Eddie and actually invited Eddie home. <laughs> and, uh, Eddie turned her down, but then it found out years and years, like 20 years later that Ted Templeton was like, nobody fuck with Peggy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she was like, he totally cock blocked me. That's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was funny. Uh, but she said Prince was kind of mean. She said one time she, a- he, she asked him if he liked her and his response was, well, you work here, don't you? <laughs> yeah that's about what i would expect yeah that's so, the, from the stories i've heard like the kevin smith story and stuff oh right yeah yeah he's kind of a cold dude yeah yeah she said that he would uh like just leave and never say goodbye <laughs> i have a friend that guitar tech for him for a oh really very short period of time yeah why well, must not and, have liked uh, him well no he didn't he did not like him <laughs> and you know he uh, he had to sign an NDA. Oh really? Well, so not, I won't, yeah. not binding I won't talk anymore about it. So. Or, <laughs> yeah, well, right. I just, I, you know, whatever. Yeah, who knows? Not your story you to know, tell. The, there's yeah. there's an estate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was uh, he's like yeah you know uh, talented guy. Not a fan of him as a human. Right. Yeah. I think I mean you know I think a lot of people that are at that level of genius probably aren't a ton of fun in person. You know, they just have such high standards and they, you know, kind of, you know, I mean, there might even be some like autism spectrum stuff with that too. Oh yeah, for sure. Where they have like no, you know, ability to appreciate anyone else's shit if they're not on their level. Yeah, it would make sense. Like, I'm sure he was nice to Stevie Wonder. <laughs> right, you know? right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, what about the... The Kirk Douglas story, the him fucking oh, yeah. breaking his guitar. That was amazing. Oh yeah, on, on oh. the couch like, when he's on the couch. You know. I mean, he he you know That's, he he made it right, you know, and he was psyched no. about it at the end. No, he did. You know what? He the way you make that right is, but it never happening. Correct. Mike is right. I don't know, man. You know, it fucking, should have never really? happened. Prince can break a guitar over my fucking head, man. No, I dude. Fuck. I would punch <laughs> that. Nah, fuck yeah, I would have punched that motherfucker yeah, right in the that. mouth. Yeah, I would have knocked him the fuck out. Nope. Yep. Not me. Yeah. I would have said, thank you, sir. Here's another guitar to smash. No. <laughs> Nobody gets that free pass. Uh, no, man. He's, he's, he, is, uh, he is the one that I would let do that. Wow. Yeah, I don't give a fuck, man. I would. Uh, no, I was like fuming nope. listening to that couch riffs episode thinking about that yeah i don't I know mean, he, because he and the whole thing is like before it happened he was like i want to buy this right kirk was like no and then he broke it oh yeah it was a dick who he did get it fixed and he has a great story so you know he says it's better now anyway no fuck that eh, i'm into it still. difference of opinion i stand by it <laughs> it would be it would be a way better story if he fucking Punch popped one face. of the yep. spokes out <laughs> then man. Prince would have had a fucking gold tooth for his final <laughs> days, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and maybe he'd, you know, he'd have uh, Kirk's initials carved into it. 
to remind him not to do it again. I'd have popped him in the mouth, knocked his tooth out, and been like, yo, let me make it right. I'll get you a gold tooth. (laughs) You can carve MS in it. Yeah. And then uh, put it backwards. So when you look in the mirror, you're reminded not not to fuck with Mike Squires. Don't break my guitars. Asshole. Anyway, he's (laughs) fucking amazing still, but (laughs) whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. You got to separate the art from the artist. Yeah, we, unfortunately. We, we would all have very small record collections. If, uh, like, I couldn't listen to your record, Jamie. What? <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> Wait a minute. You said art. <laughs> hey, he's got you there, John. Whatever. Oh, God damn. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> and, and artist. Are you talking... <laughs> uh who are you talking about um we haven't even talked about the record really let's get into it guys that's the whole reason i'm here that's my favorite record fucking ever and it was my choice on the list nice so i can't believe it was only on the list once wasn't it i don't know i really i think it was i don't know what the fuck people i don't have access to that spreadsheet but uh. (laughs) you do you just (laughs) you don't know how to access it oh gotcha (laughs) but uh john He's such a Luddite, dude. Oh, totally. I'm the worst, dude. Like, I I can't believe the the technological marvel that's allowing me to do this in the other room. (laughs) (laughs) Bunch of mic cables strung together, and John's like, this is magic. (laughs) You guys, this is a record that I bought on vinyl when I was in the seventh grade. Yeah, I was in sixth grade. Um, So I don't know what that was, 85? 84. 84. 84. Okay. I was living in the Bay Area and I was primarily like a classic rock kid growing up. But Me too. Same story, man. I was man. familiar with other, you know, with whatever was uh, popular on the radio. And this came out and it, it was the exciting thing. And I was just discovering metal at this time. And I really loved the energy of metal. I loved guitar solos and everything. But the exciting thing about this record was... It had all these different elements. It had this R&B thing. Um, then I'd heard Rapper's Delight, you know. That, that, was, that was the beginning and end of my knowledge of hip-hop um, until Run DMC came along. Right. And, uh, but this album had really exciting guitar, like prominent guitar stuff. It was everything, it. man. It and was all at once. It was Michael Jackson and, his, and Jimi Hendrix and Stevie yeah. Wonder, and it, it was just, it blew my brains out. You know, opening song, you know, it's just like, okay, this is like a rock song, but it closes the 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 finale, the apex, the fucking money. It's so gnarly. Is, is one of the gnarliest, like, guitar crescendos of all time. For sure. And uh, I, I just was immediately hooked and i list i never i you know i listened to it through all of my metal fandom and you know i think probably since i bought it i've listened to this record at least once every couple months for my entire life oh i mean it was a constant for me i went as uh, a dirty mind era or controversy era prince as for uh, halloween when i was 15 whoa <laughs> <laughs> i had a, a friggin uh a trench coat and a speedo and uh and high heels <laughs> and stockings oh, that's and amazing stuff and a telecaster oh, wow. and you just had to raid your mom's uh, closet for that costume uh, that's, thrift store that's but good. uh but yeah it was uh <laughs> It was it was it was great. I mean, he, I was I was obsessed, man. He was so awesome. 
Yeah, I remember, you know, being from Minnesota, I kind of... I kind of always assumed that people were crazier about Prince because he was from Minnesota. And I was not that I didn't love Prince, but um, I guess I was surprised that people everywhere were as crazy about Prince as we were in Minnesota about him, you know? Oh, it's just that. I mean, it. The st- I mean, I yeah. heard like the other stuff, you know, went before, you know, I was into 1999 and little red Corvette and all that stuff. And, you know, you hear those on the radio and they're great. And uh, you hear them, you know, Occasionally, you'd hear something earlier, like controversy or something. But man, when Purple Rain came out, it was just such a different level. Oh yeah, because like sure. I mean, because it rocked as hard as anything else that was going on at the time, but was so different and so unique. And then it was also attached to the movie, which was a huge right. hit, and uh, which is like probably the best bad movie ever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, Jamie, how many times do you think we've seen that? Thing? Oh God. Like hu- literally hundreds yeah, of times, and uh, it's just you know it just never gets old. I can just watch it over and over and over and over again, and you know, and just the fact also that the you know it's almost all live, you know, except for uh, the performance. Yeah, it's 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 you know, except for "Take Me With You" and uh, um, "When Doves Cry." Everything is is live at fucking First Avenue, and so rad. and it's so crazy too. You guys remember when that that uh, the video of them playing it? Um, with the, you know, the extended guitar solo yeah. came out and I didn't really realize this, but that was the, f- like all those recorded performances were the first time they had ever played that in front of a crowd. Wow. Like ever. <laughs> it was the first time anybody had heard any of those songs. Wow. You know, that they'd ever played them in front of a live audience before, which is just stunning to think about. That band is so killer. Yeah. Well, well we went and saw, uh, the revolution at, uh, uh, Roseland. Roseland too, yeah. and that was fucking incredible. Yeah, they were great. They were unbelievable, man. They uh, was it Wendy, yeah. Wendy and Lisa. It was the the legit lineup from Purple Rain. Yeah, it was you know Matt Fink, um, Brown Mark, Brown Mark. Yeah, uh, the, you, his, their, his own uh, Deacon John. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, it you know it was uh you know what what's the guys oh, the friggin Bobby Z or whatever the, yeah, yeah. the the drummer and uh and Wendy and Lisa and I mean it was incredible man they were so good and, yeah it was great uh she was playing uh Wendy was playing a uh ah oh, fuck what's that fucking amp thing a, ke- a Kemper Kemper yeah she was playing a Kemper Kemper through a Friedman powered speaker yeah and she sounded amazing. It sounded great yeah, yeah. I w- at that point I was like oh maybe I should get one of these <laughs> that, well that Friedman powered speaker is supposed to be killer yeah that's supposed to be a definitely uh, a step up when you're using one of those things speaking of uh, First Avenue so growing up as a kid um, on Sunday nights they would have all ages nights at uh, First Avenue so you could go there and dance and we used to go there and dance and try to meet girls and stuff but on the stage you could um, you could get up on the stage and dance and so every time we went, I would, and it was kind of hard to get up there, but every time I would get, uh, every time we would go, I would try to get up on the stage and it was like, I couldn't dance because I would just stand there and think, holy, holy fuck, shit, yep. this is where Purple Rain was recorded. Yep. Like right where I'm standing. Yep. Every single week we would go and every single week I would have that experience. And it was just like out of body experience. Uh, like uh, uh, for like uh, two years, we, you know, we went every Sunday and, oh God. Yeah. It's just so crazy to stand there and like, look at the crowd and just think like, holy fuck, this is where it happened, you know? So very cool. Yep. 
That was the epicenter. I mean, that's one of the hilarious things about the movie too, is just like how, I don't know how they wrote the whole music business part of it to where, you know, a club has three bands that play seven nights a week. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And and then, you know, somebody graduates, you know, it's the farm league and then you graduate to the big leagues and a new band comes in. (laughs) And you're like, it's like, yeah, that's not really how that works, but it's so funny. Uh, There is a great episode of uh quest love mm-hmm. um his podcast with um jimmy jam oh sweet nice and yeah, yeah we, can't, we talks, can't forget the time either man the time's so great in that movie he talks at length about his experience with prince and knowing you know, like whatever like being in that scene through like leading up to prince's you know he like he grew up there like he was seeing Prince play for you know twenty people or whatever. It was it's a right a highly recommended. You guys would oh yeah no I, well I had a uh, I'll put it in the show notes. Like one of my students, um, who I actually talked about with you on Couchress, uh, Michael Hermes. His dad, um, and I didn't know this. I didn't know his dad would even played anything. But apparently, his dad's from Minnesota or Minneapolis, and he's a drummer. And he was the drummer in the Des Dickerson band. Whoa. Uh, where you know he you know grew up playing with Des and he I'm like and he tells me that and I'm like I'm like so you've played with Prince right and he's like I used to play with Prince all the time when he was like 17. Wow. And said oh yeah dude and you know and just coming in and said it was just I mean he was always that good like at 17 he was fully formed and it's so funny because he left Minneapolis to uh go to L A to make it as a session drummer <laughs> and then uh you know uh, Bobby Z replaced him. And that, and then that band morphed into the revolution. <laughs> so oh, Jesus. He was almost the revolution, but, uh, wow. but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. I just dropped job when he's telling me that, you know, you yeah. fucked up dad. Yep. Speaking of the time, uh, this is something I didn't realize until I was doing a bunch of research this week, but, uh, from the Wikipedia article, it says in 1981, Prince formed a side project band called the time. The band released four albums between 81 and 1990 with Prince writing and performing uh, most of the instrumentation and backing vocals uh, is credited under the pseudonym Jamie Starr or The Star. Uh, and then so basically all the time records are all Prince and then Morris J just came in and did the vo- lead vocal. He plays some drums also. Yeah. And uh, I know Jesse plays on some of the stuff. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And uh, um, and do you remember uh, seeing Jesse at our old practice base? Who me? Yeah. No. Yeah, when we were at the Slowfish. Uh, remember uh, Mercury Landslide? Yeah, yeah. So the guitar player in that band was Cosby Johnson, who was Jesse Johnson's younger brother. Oh, okay. Because Jesse's from Rock Island, right? From where you know the Quad Cities, where you know I'm from. Yeah. And where Jamie, where Jamie and I met, and uh, um. And I remember one time we came out and we saw Jesse walking into uh, Mercury Landslides. Oh, really? I'm like, whoa, oh my God. You know, I was flipping out. And, he was, and he's an amazing guitar player, too, wow. man. I mean, just an absolute murderer. And uh, so that was, you know, one of my, you know, little great memories from back then. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't remember that. Um, I got to say, so before we talk a little more about this album, I have to say... This week, the wind, early this week, the wind was taken out on my sails. Uh, oh, you better tread lightly. Yeah. I, 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 
It wouldn't be an episode of Golden Shower of Hits if I didn't say something that was extremely unpopular. This is great. Wait a I'm minute. Gonna... Are you going to talk about Dave Ellefson right now? No. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I know John knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, he definitely doesn't know who Dave Ellefson is. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm psyched because I'm going to get to yell at you in real time instead of just screaming at the radio <laughs> when I'm listening to the podcast. So, All right, go ahead. So I learned about the Lin LM1 drum computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, which my perception of Purple Rain, uh, Purple Rain, and some of those early records was like the the door knocking sound was some sort of synth, and maybe the hand claps. But I thought the drums were at least real. And on most of the songs, they're not. It's this drum computer, which yeah. is fine. Um, but when I went on YouTube to watch some stuff about uh, this drum machine i didn't realize that the basis for a bunch of print songs were the default patches on the drum computer yeah dude a lot what the fuck <laughs> here's the thing a lot of a lot of very popular music um is driven by technology mm-hmm. and that's a and it's crazy and lindrums are cool too man they're they're, they're that's a neat piece yeah. of equipment I hate to go back to that podcast, but I learned that from listening to that Questlove podcast because he's a super like drum machine nerd. Yeah. And like that's his whole thing, like try like emulating uh, drum machines and hip hop beats and all all that. Right. And uh and he I mean, he calls out patches. I mean, he can he can associate patches and and synthesizer patches, all the stock sounds um whatever just like nothing like it's it's kind of crazy like call out the machine the preset or patch yeah yeah so yeah (laughs) so uh i'm gonna play uh i pull i did some pre-production so this is patch 27 this is uh 1999 Right, it's so sick. <laughs> uh, this is the the beautiful ones. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, this is the instrumental section from Computer Blue. It's patch ten. <laughs> so I was like, "What the fuck?" Because to me, you know, like that's the whole rhythm of the song, and literally. Homeboy took the fucking stock thing and just wrote some stuff, and I was just like, "That's a pretty common thing, actually." Is oh, put, putting up yeah. a drum beat and just kind of seeing what how you react to it when you're writing. I, I, I love doing that. Uh, I, I would probably would probably change the drum beat before I recorded it, but you know, as a writing tool, I do it all the time. Yeah, I was just I don't know. I I really felt like I'd been hoodwinked <laughs> and was really upset and was really considering being like. This album gets a fucking F. Like I was so mad. And oh, don't Jennifer be an had to Jennifer had to talk me down from this. If you so. never knew it, it would never matter. Yeah, but it's like, oh, this guy's a genius. He put together he's playing a couple of fruity loops. You know, like no, we I've heard some genius shit made with fruity uh, loops. No, 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 no. That is uh, that is absolutely not what is happening with this record, though. Uh, I don't care if he used preset drums. I mean, uh, I don't care if it's a drum machine preset. Like, 
uh, everything else that isn't drums on on the album is is genius. Yep. And and I mean, and he still picked he still picked those presets, and they're perfect for the songs. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. He at least had the taste to pick the right shit. Yeah. Today in today's climate, we would say, uh, "What's the fucking word that everyone uses that annoys me so much?" Curated. Yeah, uh, it was a well curated drum machine beat. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking assholes. <laughs> um, yeah. Doesn't bother me. That Those are all the clips I pulled, but uh, 1999's Patch 27, Computer Blue, Patch 10, Let's Go Crazy is Patch 24, When Doves Cry is Patch number four. Like I just, I, like I just watched the video. He only like, got to four for Wind Doves Cry. <laughs> yeah, he was right. like, oh, oh, that's here's good. the one. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Uh, so yeah, I just watched a video of, of people playing the patches and then I would listen to it and I'm like, oh, this is Wind Doves Cry. This is one, you know, Delir- Delirious is patch 15. Uh, but there's a bunch of other bands that used uh, the Lynn m1 uh the the lin lm1 drum computer too oh, it, so it was revolutionary when it came out take on me yeah. is patch 31 you spin me right round is patch 32 and relax by frankie goes to hollywood is patch 33 like three hit songs three fucking patches right in a row roger lynn's a bad so motherfucker crazy. dude yeah so did you happen to research how much one of those drum machines cost when they were brand new so because they're they're even expensive now like oh yeah you, so in 1979, they were $5,000. They only made 525 of them, um, and they were almost impossible to find used uh, back then. So Prince paid probably paid the equivalent of $17,600 plus tax in today's money to get one. Uh, well worth it. Yeah. So, you know, and, and if, if I do have one... Uh, negative thing to say about the album, it's that I, I feel like the drum machine sound kind of dates it oh yeah i mean it's it it actually sounds pretty terrible yeah but uh oh you guys are fucking ass no no i mean (laughs) objectively i wouldn't change no no i wouldn't either i mean it's it it is it's perfect in its imperfection you know right but uh i mean plus and a lot of it is live too yeah and uh you know so that's you know you know there's crowd noise and bleed and the mics and all that stuff but it sounds fucking incredible well it's it's live like kiss alive I mean, let me just back up. Like you, you guys say it dates it as, and sure, it dates it because that was cutting edge technology for the time, mm-hmm. right? Like that's as good as something was going to sound uh, technologically. Well, yeah, I was saying it's good as something to sound, except a drummer. But uh, <laughs> well, a, a drum, but but a drummer wouldn't really no, it, sound like no. That. It, it 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 it's necessary. Like every it's an aesthetic choice. Exactly. Everything and, it totally sounded different. It was completely unique. You know, as far as even though it's a preset patch, nobody had done that shit yet. You know, he was the first one to get it, and uh, yeah. and that you know just oh fuck, it just sounds incredible. No, I love it. I mean, it sounds like shit, but I it sounds incredible. You know, if that makes any sense. I just you know? don't think it sounds like shit. I think it sounds fucking amazing. And I will say, you know, when I was reading more about the Lynn uh, drum machine and some interviews with uh, the that the guy Lynn that made the thing, he said that Prince um, he like he didn't modify, but he um, uh, modify is not the right word, but he did some stuff to where it wasn't the stock sound. You no, know, and, and things change too. There's you know other parts. It's not all the entire that patch the whole time. Right, there's other patches put into it, and these fills that he wrote. And- 
apparently he ran the drum machine because the drum machine had outs for each individual, you know, like yeah. snare drum and floor tom and there was, you know, quarter inch outs. And so he would run uh, those outs through his boss, his boss pedals <laughs> a lot of times. Uh, and he would pitch down. So that door knocking sound is actually, um, I don't know what they call it, but it's when you put the drumstick on the head and the and the rim, and then you hit the stick with the other stick. Side sticking. Yeah. So that's what it is, but he pitched it way down, and that's what that door knocking sound is, if anybody was curious, which I was very, I was like, what the fuck <laughs> what is, is that? that? Yeah. You know, like. It's that's a, called side sticking? Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's called. I thought that was when you wake up in the middle of the night, you have to shift your thing over. Because, you know. It's on the wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> <In it. laughs> <sighs> I am totally fine with the amount of wah pedal on this album. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I, mean, I he, hate wow. Pedal. There, there are very few people in the world that deserve a wah license, and Prince is yeah. definitely one of yep. them. Yep, it's just fine. It's fine by me. So this is a, this is a first. Yeah. Well, no, I think there was another. Uh, oh, Jay Mascus too. Yeah, Jay Mascus, and I, I did say I, I like the harmonica on the Smiths. So I'm opening up a little bit. <laughs> I doubt. I do not. I still have not found like a the harmonica slide, on the Smiths slide, slide guitar that I like. Oh, what about a really? What about George Harrison? Oh yeah. Um, I will say, like, I, I, I was wondering if you guys were actually listening to the album this week because sometimes Mike will be like, "I've heard this album so many times, I only listened to it once this week." <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, I didn't listen to it at all. God I, damn it, John! I, I can sing the entire thing to you right now. <laughs> not but, well, but I can sing it. I will say, like. So, you know, I, I listened critically to the album because I've always listened to it for enjoyment, but, you know, this is the first time I've listened to it critically. And I'm super happy that I did and listened to it as much as I did because there were a bunch of little, like, parts in the background that I'd never noticed before. It's, so, it's pretty wild if you listen to it in headphones. Yeah, so it was cool to, like, discover new things in Purple Rain for the first time this week. So that made me very happy. And made up for the Lindrum stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to it only on headphones. Yeah. It's so good. I listen, it I've listened to it every which fucking way. Yeah. Astoundingly good. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's my opinion, the best album ever. But, you know, I mean, it, nothing moves me like that record, you know? Uh, like, I mean, I was in sixth grade and, you know, I didn't play guitar yet. I started playing guitar. And really, because like Ace Freely was my, you know, impetus to like rock music and always want to play the guitar uh i saw prince play purple rain on some tv show um and it was a f when i was 12 like when purple rain was out and it was the first time music ever brought me to tears and i didn't know it could do that and that's the was the push that i where i actually like decided i was going to learn to play guitar and i thought it was because you wanted to hook up with amy Oh, oh, I mean, that, I, no, definitely. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I was that was certainly a thing, but it, the, the musical inspiration was that. Ah, gotcha. You know, and uh, but yeah, it uh, it was wild, man. Like uh, you know, that was it was. I, I mean, I I was just blown away by it, you know, because he was just he was playing the outro solo, and I got done, and I'm just like deflated in my mom's chairs, like tears tear streaming down my face, you know, and it just uh. And it's stuck with me ever since, you know, just, uh, I love it so much. And, uh, like the beautiful ones is just, oh God, that song just is unbelievably great. Like just the, the way it, you know, just the way it's arranged, the way it, you know, it builds from the intro to the outro, you know, from, you know, starting out this gorgeous little piano ballad 
to like the gnarliest, heaviest, you know, scream fest at the end. And it just, oh, it's the most cathartic thing ever. It's just, it's so incredible. I, uh, you know, we talked about feedback earlier and I realized, um, I got a email today, uh, from Kelly Simmons, uh, talking about this record. And so I thought maybe I would share that with you guys. Yeah, go for it. I've been looking forward to this Purple Rain episode for a long time. And I have a little bit of feedback or suggestions of things that I would love to hear. Um, I thought about this after the Guns N' Roses episode, which obviously had a huge impact on forming you and Mike into music fans and musicians. And while I don't have that same attachment to Appetite like you guys do, I do with Purple Rain. And I often wonder what different road young Kelly would have chosen had Purple Rain not hit me when it did. Purple Rain was sort of a turning point if I am to use records as historical guide points for my life, which I regularly do. Um, What I'd love to hear is two things. What is your absolute favorite part of this album? I can give you the timestamp on Purple Rain that was the pivot point for me that still awakens those same feelings. Really, I have a couple timestamps, but there is one that would sit right at the top. So I'd love to hear if you guys have any favorite guitar parts, songs, vocal delivery, or whatever that sits at the top for you. The second thing is if this record has any lasting effect of how you play music. If you were to ask me, it's the excessive use of flanger on this record, among other things, that creeps into my own playing. I always want to at some point recreate the beginning sounds of Computer Blue and crowbar them into everything I do. I credit Purple Rain for my obsession with this modulation effect. So those are a couple of examples, but I'd love to hear if you guys have any thoughts on these or have any of these yourself. Yeah. So what do you got? What what are your absolute favorite parts of the album? Mike, you want to start? Uh, sure. I, this is easy for me. Me too. <laughs> the guitar crescendo at the end of let's go crazy. Yep. Um, the Chris, the vocal crescendo at the end of beautiful ones. Yep. Uh, when the guitar solo kicks in in purple rain. Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, I know that it's, I don't know what it is about it that, that I love so much, but I think that it, I believe that it's in, I would die for you when there's that, there's like a weird repeating chromatic guitar line. It might be baby. I'm a star, what song is that? Um, is that computer blue? that's right before the bridge of computer blue which would, would be one of the the bridge uh, melody in computer blue is definitely one that uh, yeah me. i covered that one you know did a video for it on my facebook page and it's I, incredible i just fucking it just like when i hear it it's not it's not even a top 10 most impressive guitar prowess moments uh on the record but I I just I fucking love it. It's so cool and weird. It's super weird mm-hmm. it, and there's some weird chromatic passing notes yep. and it's just like what who the fuck thinks that that's what is going to go there? Yeah, it's it's so wild, man. He's his guitar playing is just so out of left field and stuff you know I'm, i mean really a, a bunch of those moments you mentioned are my favorites as well like uh um you know the i mean obviously the end of uh you know let's go crazy is one of the greatest things that's ever happened on a guitar yeah. um 
the intro to when doves cry like his lead on yeah. that 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 yeah that's my favorite part yeah, of the that, record that's, the guitar part yeah, Bill, it, billy gibbons uh like pressed him on that when they were hanging out once and he was like man what the what was going on in that intro and prince just looked at him and shrugged his shoulders he's like, i don't know <laughs> and, uh, but yeah that that beginning part of that is his actually even just the lead on that is unbelievable and uh, I'm is is Prince cool to Billy Gibbons when they hang when oh he when said, they hang out Billy like, said it was great like uh his apparently what had happened was that uh, Billy would never talk shit about a single soul but I mean but you know he told the story and was very you know it very nostalgically told the story when I heard it yeah. but it was uh basically that he had played a show um and he then like went to a you know club afterwards just to like hang out and have a drink or whatever but uh. He went in and this dude came up, big dude, and he's like, uh, he's like, sir, Prince would like to talk to you. And Prince was at the same club. And <laughs> so they went back and had a private table and they just bullshitted about guitar. And Prince knew a bunch of stuff about ZZ Top and was apparently a big Billy Gibbons fan, which, you know, everybody, wow. everybody should be, Jamie. No. And, uh, <laughs> um, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 oh, whoa. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Jamie does not like ZZ Top. It's not that really? I don't like ZZ Top. It's just it's fine. Whatever. They got a it's, couple of hits in the 80s. Yeah, whatever. Uh, they have a, a, a catalog <laughs> you, from the 70s that is You uh, continually blow my mind with your... He doesn't like the blues and he doesn't short. like rock and roll. So, you know, it's I get it. I like rock and roll. I don't care for the blues. And uh, doesn't We're not getting uh, into that on this episode. Yeah. I mean, I have a I mean, I would think we would like them cuz they're so like the, you're so all about stage presentation and stuff. Oh, no, that's oh, cool. Yeah. And yeah. like I mean, they do like synchronized dances and shit and like have the wildest, you know, they just looks they're fucking amazing, man. Yeah, like they're good. And I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Eliminator. It's unbelievable is as incredible as it, any of their it, 70s shit absolutely it's so good you don't believe me fuck off Yep, it's so good <laughs> but all right back to purple rain before we go too far down this rabbit hole because yeah. i could i could i could do this all night but um you know uh that middle section to computer blue and you're right like the the, the section that comes right before it too it's kind of a double bridge um, yeah. and, uh, is incredible. But then that, yeah. And in, in, the, in the part in the movie where like after his, uh, you know, he comes downstairs after his dad's like beat up his mom and stuff and he's playing the piano in the basement and he's playing the, the, the center section of computer blue on the piano. And, uh, it just kills me. You know, it's so beautiful when you hear it on the, you know, just on the keys and stuff. And, um, I just thought that was amazing. And, uh, but then, uh, you know, obviously that vocal outro and beautiful ones is incredible. But just the subtlety with which he delivers the lines in the beginning part, in the falsetto, you know. Oh yeah. If we got married, would that be cool? <laughs> you know, just like so incredible, and uh, just the just the little things in there, and just the way that's just the arrangement and the build of that song is just unmatched for me. That's that's probably my favorite Prince song. You know that that that's how I proposed to Jennifer, right? What? <laughs> I didn't know that. No. What? <laughs> I if, thought he, that, if he got married, would that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. No, it's funny. I actually thought about it like, I don't know, like an hour after I proposed to her. Oh, I was like, fuck! That, that would have been amazing. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Oh, God, yeah. Talk, fucking blew it. Uh, she already said yes, so fuck yeah, it. Yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, on Computer Blue, so according to Wikipedia, the song was proposed uh, composed by Prince with credit to his father, John L. Nelson. Uh, oh the, wow i didn't know that was actually 
sort of real. Yeah, for the guitar solo based on a piano instrumental written by Nelson and Prince. He titled the instrumental piece Father Song and recorded it on piano for the film, although on screen it was performed by Samson Simpson. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Portrayed (laughs) as being by Prince's character's father. um, Francis L. Yeah. So, and it, uh, apparently the song was 12 minutes long at the beginning and he just kept cutting it down. So, yeah. Yeah, I learned something this evening about the movie. Yeah. Because I, because uh, I don't know shit about shit, you typically. <laughs> uh, and that is that Prince's manager wrote that and directed it. The movie? Oh, oh I didn't know that. Yeah, that's right. And here's the thing. After uh, 1999 or whatever, Prince was like, yo, uh, I'm going to fucking ditch your ass if you don't get me in a movie. I want to star in a movie. <laughs> And he was like, shit. So he started, he was like, I don't want to lose this gig. So he shopped this. He wrote that movie, not right. Prince, right? right? Yeah, I knew Prince didn't yeah, write yeah. it. But. Uh, so his manager guy uh, writes this movie, shops it around. Everyone's like, are you out of your fucking mind? Get out of here. We don't want a musician, a rock musician starring in a some shitty movie. And so he directed it. Whoa. Oh, that's great. Hey, you get a yeah, job. It, it's it's somehow it he holds got, up. Yeah, yeah. There was, it was like a seven point two million dollar budget. They blocked out First Avenue for I think twenty or thirty days and paid them a hundred thousand dollars. Wow! And then the movie grossed seventy two million dollars. Holy shit! As well, it should have, man. I yeah. mean, just you know, even if you just cut it down to the live performances, it'd be worth going to the movies for. Yeah, right. And then you have the unintentionally hilarious other parts of it. (laughs) The only reason that movie exists is because that manager wanted to keep his job because no one was going to put Prince in a movie. I admire his dedication. Well, Under the Cherry Moon kind of proves that you shouldn't have. Fuck that. I love Under the Cherry Moon. You guys can suck a dick. I do too, but he's he's not very good in it. No. I've never seen it. Oh, really? Oh, it's great. Oh, you should watch. It's worth watching. Yeah. It's definitely I've also never seen uh, Graffiti Bridge, and I I did not know that that was a sequel to Purple Rain. Well... Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I made <laughs> no, I made it about twenty minutes in, and it was like, yeah, I'm not going to sully this man's uh, legacy by watching this movie. <laughs> right, I think he directed that one. Yeah. Uh, Have yeah. you, Jamie? Did you ever watch the F- Sign of the Times uh, uh, concert movie? Uh, I don't know. God, damn I love you. that record, dude. God damn it, it's on friggin' it was on Amazon Prime. You might have to rent oh, it really? now. But no, and, I, I, and I was like, I, when I told you about, it, you're like, okay, yeah, I'll get around to it. And you never watched it. And yeah, it happens a lot. <laughs> I, I used to have it on, I used to have it on VHS way back in the day. Yeah. And I wore it out. It's unbelievable. Sheila E playing drums, just killing. And uh, yeah. all the performances are unbelievable. I fucking love sign of the times. It, me too, man. Like, uh, I think the ballad of Dorothy Parker. That's uh, my, that's my that's, second, that's my second favorite. I think my favorite Prince song is the ballad of Dorothy Parker tied with starfish and coffee my third favorite <laughs> really oh yeah i love it oh, i love it so much i love the little detuned thing in uh the ballad of dorothy parker at the beginning yeah oh, so yep. good mm-hmm. um you know I, I i to to finish up kelly's question i the two my two favorite parts of purple rain are um the guitar intro on when doves cry it's fucking just i mean it's it's like there's all these metal, you know, 80s shredder dudes uh, 
and then Prince comes and just buries them all with yep, that. He does. <laughs> you know? I mean, a I've, fucking quote unquote R and B guy. You know, like free time, right? It's not in time. Uh, well, no, I mean, kind of isn't. His phrasing is really bizarre. Like, uh, I mean, I've right. looked at tabs for it and tried to like decipher it a little bit. It might as well be like Chinese tab. Like it's right. I, honestly the outro to to uh, um, let's go crazy too. It's like I got no, I got no shot, man. I've tried a bunch, and yeah. I'm like, I have what? I just look at it like this doesn't make any sense at all. And like it's yeah, he's it's just completely unique. It is just the way he played. And I mean, you know, there were flashes of that on the early records, like Bambi and stuff. Like that solo yeah. is, is just killer. You know, you knew. I mean, you hear his Hendrix influence and stuff. You know, um, but I mean, you know, Hendrix with better picking chops. And uh, <laughs> more melodic, uh, you know, I mean, you, know you I mean? can bash on Hendrix all you want, John. Oliver. Oh, no. I mean, I, I mean you, you got the floor, buddy. No, I love I, <laughs> he's got to be an Eddie Hazel fan. Oh, no. Yeah, there's there's a lot of Eddie Hazel in there, man. And uh, it's but he's just so sick. I mean, and, you know, Kelly asked if there's any, um, you know, lasting impact on how we play from out there and that. And I mean, Prince is I mean, he's in my top five guitar players of all time. Oh, for sure. And, uh, and really, you know, like I love the, I love the blistering, you know, the, the crescendo stuff like that. And that intro is so wild, but, but like, I love the composed solos too, like the middle solo mm -hmm. to let's go crazy. You know, uh, you know, he has that repeating, uh, Emiola, the three note, you know, three over four intro part of it. And like, I, I try to go thematically like that where he will, you know, that's something I took from him. He's it's very compositional, his approach to that. And um, I definitely, you know, he says a lot in a very short amount of time. And I've always, you know, that's something I took from him is I'm always trying to be as economical as possible while still doing, you know, flashy shit and, you know, have it make sense musically. And, you know, I think he does that probably better than anybody. What's what song is the that's the that's the bridge section to Computer Blue? Uh, that's doubled with a keyboard, and it's just like it's it's oh, doubled with a keyboard and it's harmonized. Uh, he plays he yeah. plays a harmony to it. Too. It's it's what I mean. It's arguably one of the tastiest it's, parts. It's on amazing. The album. No, I learned it like not that long. I mean, what like during pandemic? You know, I like you know again because of Mike's influence with couch riffs. You know, I'll, every once in a while. I'll, Pick Wait a, a minute, what's a pandemic? <laughs> uh, you know, with Mike, you know, doing couch riff stuff, um, you know, every once in a while I'll, you know, pick a song and, you know, play part of it and put a little video up just for fun. And uh and learning it, it it's so cool. Like just, you know, it's all stuff I would never think to do. You know, the way he outlines the chords is just genius. It's so melodic. His vibrato on it is perfect. It's you know, the way he phrases things, the way he slides into notes on certain parts and We'll play other things staccato. It's just, it's, I mean, it's so dynamic and so just layered and, and mature in its approach and just played perfectly. It's a, uh, yeah, it's stunning, man. It's so cool. Yeah. A lot of people don't think so, but he's actually pretty good. <laughs> it's a, it's surprising how many people don't think he's very good. Like I've, I see what? stuff. I, I, well, I mean, you know, like I don't really go on guitar forums anymore for shit exactly like this to where it'll be, you know, some, you know, fucking metronome nerd you know that sits in their bedroom you know doing sweep arpeggios talking about how prince really wasn't very good at playing guitar and you know, oh oh yeah like he, he, yeah he gets as much hate as he gets love wow on guitar no forms. way yeah definitely it's 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 shot and you know they'll talk about how his tone sucks 
And you know, it wasn't that great, but and no, I mean, it, yeah, but it's like you're missing the point. It's not right. his chops and his tone. It's you, you just what he's doing. Whatever he chooses to do will be the coolest shit you've ever heard. Yeah, because he's just that guy. I think um, so. My second favorite thing on the record is the singing at the end of the beautiful ones. It's just has yeah. so much heart. You know, it's oh, just yeah. unmatched. It's it's unbelievable. And and like the little woos and shit are mm-hmm. just. Oh yeah, his the the the, 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 the whoops and ho- the hoots and hollers yeah. are just incredible. Like before, I knocked you know an octave and a half off my falsetto from smoking <laughs> weed for thirty years. You know, uh, uh, I could I could hit all that shit in falsetto, and uh, um, I cannot even remotely. I can't even barely. I can barely sing the melody anymore. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> and I you know so for for my answer for Kelly's second question, which is you know what about purple rain has influenced me as a musician um not so much the album but prince's showmanship you know his oh, yeah unbelievable confidence and uh, just sh- showmanship it's just fucking amazing and and because you know you enjoy music with your eyes too you know and his watching it is just as good as listening to it you know oh yeah um it 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 definitely takes it to another level you know like i mean i honestly think he's the most talented artist of the 20th century i mean yeah songwriting as good as anybody you know hits as many as anybody yeah uh you know you know in my opinion one of the best guitar players that ever lived yeah Uh, great drummer great bass player great keyboard player uh arranger you know, recording engineer, producer, vocal range, yeah, voc- vocal range, <laughs> lyric, even, I mean, not every lyrics great, yeah. but there's a lot of great lyrics too. Yeah. Um, you know, just delivery heart, you know, um, and then just then not to mention the dancing and the performing and just the entertaining of a crowd and leading a band. I mean, right. I, I mean, Stevie wonders like the only person I can think of that even comes close and Stevie ain't, he ain't dancing he ain't, like Prince, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd, be, it'd be a little dangerous for Stevie, but uh, but he's the only person I can think of that's even in the fucking ballpark, right? As far as like you know, hit ticking all those boxes and doing it at the very highest level on every single one of them. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, he's 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 my number one for sure. Yeah, and I'm you know, for me, I don't have any of that virtuo- virtuos virtuos. Fuck. Virtuosity. Thank I don't. You. I don't either, man. Don't worry about it. Don't feel bad. Uh, nor do You're I have good company. any of that songwriting ability. The only thing that I can try to crib is, you know, being fun to watch on stage. And you, you definitely and, pull that off. It, it, and, you energy. never know what's going to happen, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I might shit on the stage. It's, you al- know? it's always a crapshoot. <laughs> so. you, you might shit on the stage. You'll definitely fall off the stage. Yes, done uh, that. Yeah. Yep. Into a drum set for yep. the opening band. Yep. Yeah, that was fun. uh anyways yeah so that that's kind of you know the only thing that i have the ability to try to even copy from prince is you know stage show and confidence on stage and that sort of thing and uh, yeah yeah just pure entertainment value i mean because like like i said you know like when we went and saw him you know at the in in moline you know at the big stadium show i mean I i don't even know what it was it was a new new power generation was the band yeah yeah and like i mean you know, I'm a I'm a massive Prince fan, but it's the same way I'm a massive Kiss fan. It's like I know 
what you know kind of where the cutoff is right right <laughs> you know and at that at that point he really from that point forward he'd never really like i don't like diamonds and pearls i don't like cream yeah really i don't, I, I don't like any of that shit i hate it i hate oh, it all I actually do. i don't like any of it i think oh uh, I w- I w- i'm a fan i dropped off after that record and i, I dropped off right before that record Lo- love Did you ever listen to uh Love Sexy is about um, where I get off the, the boat, but uh, Love Sexy is incredible. I Did love you it. Listen no, it's, to that Musicology album? Uh, no, no. First two songs, incredible. Musicology. Yeah, and I'll check Pimpin it. I'll check it out. If you say it's good print shit, I'll definitely give Un- it. Un fucking real. I'll give it. Yeah. I'll give it. The, I mean, no doubt he could. Just you know, I mean, filthy, he, filthy. Yeah, he just seemed like when he was doing all the slave stuff and the symbol and everything, yeah. it just seemed like he was really angry because yeah. on that tour, like he was he was pissed. He was not happy to be there. Right. And it didn't fucking, and usually that would really turn me off from a musician, but he was just so good. And even though I didn't like any of the songs he was playing, um, and the band was incredible. He was incredible. And it was just jaw dropping. And then he did what a medley of, what 1999 little red Corvette. And you did a little like, like, you know, 45 seconds of each one. Then the band stops and he hit the first note of the Purple Rain solo, you know, just in the uh-huh. silence, you know, and I again lost my shit <laughs> completely and he's playing it and he's yelling at the crowd. He's like, is this what you want? Is this what you fucking want? And we're just like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> <It just bawled. laughs> but he was pissed, you know, because I mean, for what, you know, 10, 15 years, he'd never played any old shit on stage. It's just whatever he was touring. Yeah. You know, and you know, and I, I. I mean, I understand that as an artist, but you know, it's, you know, definitely, you know, disrespectful to your audience, but he's enough of a genius where I don't really care. Like I'd watch him sing the fucking phone book, you know, happily, you know, (laughs) (laughs) cool. Get to, get to the seas, you know? (laughs) And like, and, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, he just had, he just was something else, man. Just like that with that concert was unbelievable. One of the, uh, one thing I remember from that concert was, I don't remember what song they were playing and I don't remember exactly. I mean, you know, this what, yeah, it was 20, 20 something years ago, something yeah. years ago. But at one point they're playing a song and he like puts his guitar down and he goes and grabs the bass from the bass player and plays bass and then hands it back to the bass player and then goes to the piano and then plays the piano. And then he goes and sits behind the drums. Like he and like killed, literally killed everything. Yeah. Yep. We were like, holy fuck. Yeah. It was, Went through and played like every instrument on the stage. It was really cool. And, and embarrassed the person who actually played in the band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Whose job it was. Yeah. It was just gnarly. So ah uh, fuck. Um, so yeah, I have some uh, other notes about the record. So whenever I hear um, the song "Beautiful Ones," I always think of this. <laughs> right? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Another one of my favorite songs. Yeah, <laughs> great fucking song. By man. my absolute favorite band. Yeah, I've never heard it, and I'll never unhear that. <laughs> yeah, every time I hear it, I'm like, God damn it, Teenage Wasteland. So, uh, that's called Bob O'Reilly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Apollonia crushes it on "Take Me With You." Absolutely, so good. That's such a great duet, man. She's unbelievable. At the beginning of Computer Blue, is that guitar feedback? Oh, yeah. How impossible would it be to replicate that? Uh, utterly. <laughs> and it's it's 
perfect. Yeah, you know. It, yeah, he's talking with the feedback and all the weird effects mod. You know, like so the, good, like oscillating on him and stuff. Yeah, it's it's he's a, he's a fucking wizard. Man. Another another thing I was thinking about. So this was recorded in like what eighty three, probably. Um, I was thinking when he wrote the song Computer Blue, it's entirely possible that he'd never even seen a computer in real life. <laughs> did you just seen things with big tape machines right, on them and right, flat yeah. blinking lights on yeah. a on a, t- on a TV show about NASA? Yeah. I'll bet he had when he already had some money at that point. I don't at least a, some. Yeah, I mean I guess maybe they had the IBM personal. Well, I guess Apple IIs were out at that point, but yeah. Um and then Darling Nikki. So <laughs> I love that Nikki basically has a consent contract. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, here's what I don't get about the song. So basically she invites Prince back to her castle to fuck his brains out. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves him in the house the next morning. If you don't care, find your way out. And she like. She's a baller, son. <laughs> she leaves yeah. her. It's a castle. She might not have even been gone. Yeah, that's true. It's the only moment in Prince's entire catalog where he shows vulnerability. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Where he got, he got out, he got out fucked. Yeah. Where he, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, Bambi too, cause he's, uh, he's, he's, he's all pissed off cause, uh, uh, the, the, the chick is, is girls with another girl. Right. He's, he's a a sexually threatened by that. I love that, uh, in Darling and Nikki, she leaves him his number and tells him to, to call her whenever she wants to grind. So this is like a passive aggressive way to be like, yeah, you need to leave, but just call me if you want to fuck. Like, yep. Oh, it's great, man. Yeah. I would love to have a moment to talk about this song because, as I previously stated, I was in the seventh grade uh, when I got this album. And uh, this song in particular was enticing to me. He uh, grinding, I didn't know what grinding was. I thought, yeah, I figured it was like the skateboard trick. <laughs> <laughs> Something sexual i knew it was something sexual um were you not were you not dry humping in seventh grade <laughs> no, no, no 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 mike's not as dirty as we are John. all right i was a late bloomer man oh man i i, I was in it <laughs> i had my no, technique down and everything <laughs> very late bloomer and uh but you know this the song he he says he met her in a hotel lobby masturbating with a magazine in a magazine and huh masturbating in a magazine oh is that right yeah he basically like saw a porno book with her oh, oh i didn't know that. i've all i've literally always thought that he said she was slapping herself in the pussy with a magazine was, yeah <laughs> I, well no i mean i i really i honestly when i was in the seventh grade i mean you have to consider like when i was in the seventh grade i thought i also believed that oral sex was phone sex so <laughs> be, you know that's I really believed that. That's what I thought it made sense to me. Um, well, I had seen a movie when I was a kid where these two teenagers were on a beach and uh, they started kissing, and then the next thing you know, she was pregnant, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> like I've kissed little girls. How did they not get pregnant? You know, like when I was a little kid, I'd kissed. You know, I was I've always been girl crazy, so. Oh, me too. I was like, yep. well, I dodged a bullet that, you know, <laughs> those girls. I thought that darling Nikki had rolled up a magazine and had <laughs> penetrated herself with it. I mean, it'd be a neat trick. See, I thought, I thought she was, I thought she was looking at the magazine 
finger banging herself. That's that was my impression until what ninety seconds ago. Using it as a uh, using it as a masturbatory aid, like a uh, is jerk material. Yeah, I thought she was just looking at like a Mm-mm. porn mag. Or something. No, he was looking at a porn mag. Oh, wait, yeah, that changes everything. Yep. No, 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 no. Here's the lyrics. I met her in a hotel lobby masturbating with a magazine. I I'm looking at the lyrics. Oh boy, here we go. I don't know, dude. Should we listen yeah, to it, bro? Yep. Let's yeah, do it. it. Knew a girl named Nikki. I guess you could say she was a sex fiend. I met her in a hotel lobby, masturbating with magazines. Yeah, I'm here in. With. No, he says with. Nah, with. I heard yeah, no, with. No, I hear him just kind of like mush mouth in. <laughs> Jesus, John. That's what I hear. <laughs> you hear wrong, buddy. With. I hear. I still hear in. You gotta be no. He says with. Yeah. Okay. Look I mean, up the lyrics. Said, that's what it Look says. Up the I lyrics. mean, I've, met, if I've misheard it. That's okay. I'll admit it. But I, I I'm still gonna say that. <laughs> I prefer it. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. I guess, right? Yeah. To me, it makes more sense. But only because that's what you've it, believed. No, he's your hanging out. He, he bought a porno mag. Was hanging out in a hotel lobby. Looked at. I mean, because I always kind of thought that it was kind of all in his head. That he just like jerked himself into a frenzy with his magazine. <laughs> I see that you also were enticed by this song as a youth. Oh, yeah. I definitely went down and stole some magazines. But... <laughs> no, she was uh, using the magazine as source material. Yeah, oh. that, that that's my impression. Yeah, well, all right. Of course, wow. unless you're seventh grade Mike Squires. Yep. And you're like, wow. <laughs> She's squatting on a rolled up magazine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't even, I don't even think I imagined it like that. Like, I was just like, I, I remember thinking, like, she's really bold to be doing that in the lobby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is nobody stopping her? Right. It must have been really late at night and no one was around. No. Oh. You know, John used to be a uh, hotel clerk. Yeah. That's true. Is that right? No, overnight. Yeah. It was very dangerous, extremely dangerous. A in guy, downtown? Uh, uh, no, this was in uh, back in our hometown. It was at a not my hometown. A, well, my hometown. That's a moat. That's <laughs> a <laughs> motel, John. And, uh, no, it that's was a no, motel. no. It was a Days Inn. That's in the, That's not a motel. Motels have doors <laughs> on the outside. And uh, but uh, oh, is that the difference? Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, um, what does the M stand for? Motor hotel. Uh, motor hotel. Oh. Oh. Yep. I was in the wow. industry, guys. Come on. And, uh, <laughs> industry. But, we got a uh, professional here. No, but the, but the place got, uh, it got robbed the night before I worked once uh, where a guy like went back to like uh, do something with the ice machine and he heard somebody walk in, heard a noise and then heard the bell ring again. He walked out and two guys were just putting the uh, cash register in their car and it just ripped it off the, the counter. And, uh, Sounds like an inside job. No, they you know, we it was by some pretty sketchy apartments, and he just watched the car drive like a block away, park, and then walk up to their apartment with the cash register. <laughs> and uh, he called the cops. Didn't and, the light turn on? Like, yeah, you know, he knew yeah. exactly what apartment they were yeah. in. And uh, so he called the cops and told them, "Hey, we just got robbed the days in out on Brady Street. Uh, you know, can you send somebody? They they went over to the apartments across the street." And you know, I saw which one they went in there and they're like, what apartments? And he said the name of the apartments. He's like, yeah, we'll send you a police report to file. <laughs> they wouldn't even go to the apartments. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then I, wow. worked, I worked the next night and nothing happened. And then the same guy that got robbed that night, uh, the night before, um, uh, had a knife pulled on him. 
but he had a knife under the counter and he stabbed the guy in the hand. Like at the hand, like did the did the thing wow. with the guy at the hand on the counter, and he like reached up and stuck his hand to the counter. I mean, if I knew the cops weren't gonna do anything, I'd have just fucking stolen the cash register yep. or all the money out and been like, "Yeah, they went yep. over there. Yep, to yeah, that no, place. Yeah, they didn't have cameras. That back scary then and place stuff. that yeah. the cops won't fucking go to. Yeah, it was wild. I got out of there very shortly after that because I knew uh, <laughs> I, I didn't want to play those odds too much longer. You know. That's probably a good idea. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it, John's any, with John. <laughs> yeah. Any, John, do you have to go uh, pee real bad? I actually do. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> any, uh, any, any ladies ever masturbating in the lobby? Uh, definitely not. And if it, anybody who was in that hotel in the lobby at four o'clock in the morning, I would definitely not want to see masturbate. I've definitely stayed in hotels where <laughs> there was probably women masturbating in the, in the lobby, hotel, yep. but it wasn't, you know, for them. <laughs> it was uh, uh, to attract customers. I rough stuff. Yeah, so, yep. uh, I always thought about this as a rock record with a band, but the more I listen to it, the more I realize it's basically like a rock electronica record. Like it's, yeah, it's mostly it's every, drum it, machine. It's everything. And an electric piano. Like there's not that much guitar and there's fucking, a there's a guitar. fuck ton of guitar on this record. Not dude. compared to the synths, man. And let's go crazy. Doesn't even have a bass guitar. on. <laughs> like, no, I know that's, that's so that's crazy. Amazing. Oh, neither does, neither does, uh, when doves cry. Wow. It's, I think it's, I think I read it was like the only number one hit that never didn't have a bass on it. That's so yeah. crazy. Uh, what about uh Seven Nation Army? Did that ever hit number one? I don't know. That doesn't have a bass on it. Nuh-uh. Nah, I thought that was a bass. No, that's uh, it's Jack no, White with a, a whammy pedal. Wow. Yeah, huh. yeah. I'm I'm not much for effects, but I uh I kind of dig like the octave divider. Is is that what he's using on this record? Yeah, he, he, yeah. It's when we when we cut the thing tomorrow. I'm bringing my pitch shifter. So. Nice. Yeah, no. yeah. So. That's kind of all the notes I have for the like songs. I do have a lot of trivia for you guys. <laughs> Go lay it on us, buddy. All right. Um, I will tell you a personal story. So, uh, well, does it, it have anything to do with the album? It uh, it has to do with Prince. <laughs> um, my impress, uh, and I didn't look this up, but uh, Prince had his own nightclub in Minneapolis called Glam Slam. Sure did. And uh, oh wow, the rumor that I heard was. He th- and this was before he had Paisley Park, I believe. I think it was right around the same time. Was it okay? Yeah, I think that he, he went on a big. He had the with the new Power Generation store, Glam Slam, and Paisley Park. I think all went up oh, right, right at okay. the same time. So uh, my, I had heard that he had, and, and this is just you know Minnesota lore. I didn't actually do any research on this, but my, I had heard that he'd tried to purchase First Avenue and they wouldn't sell, and so they they opened Glam Slam probably. Dude, four blocks a, away as a fuck you yeah yeah mm-hmm. as his own like club to come and play and you could go there and he had like a permanent you know band set up like stage set up with his shit and sometimes would just show up and play and so uh was I, it were there separate stages like there was a stage where guests would play and then there was his stage it was a dance club it wasn't like well, um, they didn't really have anybody i don't think they really had live music other than right that. Other and, than uh, he would just show up if he wanted to yeah <laughs> and so i do know some people that did get to see him play at glam slam but wow. glam slam unfortunately was 21 and up so i never got to go i uh, went past it once but i never went yeah in. 
Um, did we go to the glam? Did we go to the new power generation store together? I don't know that we went together, but I definitely went and was removed from the power. For, yeah, w- yeah. When you tried to get on the motorcycle, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were together. <laughs> were we? And it, what you, it was the most hilarious thing about it was amazing that you tried to get on it, and, but uh, uh, it was like a one twenty five. Yeah, it was. It was tiny. so little. It was a fucking a, a moped, dude. Yeah. It was so f- hilarious. So. Do you know that it also is? Um, it's an automatic. Oh no. really? They yeah. oh, did they make automatic bikes back then? That's amazing. It's an automatic. Um, yeah, no, the <laughs> clutch is a is a phony. Fuck! I need to get me it's one a, of those. That sounds great. The clutch, the clutch is a dummy. No, nah, you don't want that bullshit. Oh, I totally want that bullshit. No, it's gutless. Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't want yeah. Automatic. I want a gutless <laughs> motorcycle, dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking die. No, a gutless motorcycle is exactly how you die. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you can't maneuver out of a situation. I'm just—I won't get any situations. I'm not going very fast. Well, yeah. If you just if you just paint it purple and sit it in a corner and say, "Yeah, that's Prince's bike," then no, I'll, you're I'll definitely ride. not going to get in a situation. I'll ride around the block on that thing. I would Cute, little cutie. <laughs> I'm a tiny guy. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, let's see. Seven seven of two thousand seven was the last time Prince had played purple uh, at. It was the last time he played at First Avenue. He hadn't played there in over 20 years. And wow. when he played there, Wendy came out and played with him. Oh, so really? Yeah. Dude, Wendy's a good guitar player, man. Is there footage of that? I I don't know. And I didn't look, but I would assume, well, this is before iPhones. There's, so. I mean, there's a lot of shit that didn't get captured back then, man. Yeah. Uh, in October of 81, Prince released the album Controversy. He played several dates to support it as the first of three opening acts for the Rolling Stones on the U.S. tour in Los Angeles, Prince, who appeared in a trench coat and black bikini briefs, was forced off the, off the stage after just three songs by audience members throwing trash at him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, people were not psyched in my Halloween costume either. <laughs> just showing up at their door in fucking bikini briefs and a trench coat, yeah. asking for candy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Prince's Purple Rain tour bus is up for auction. If anybody oh, has a bunch of money, man, that would be killer. Yeah, I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Um, Prince on the Purple Rain tour did offstage backing vocals for Sheila E. Oh wow! Yeah, huh. he uh, he won the Academy Award for Best Original Song Score for Purple Rain. I can't imagine. I mean, it's yeah, how we could not. Um, they won a bunch of Grammys too. He won two Grammys that year, but he, uh, the same year he won a Grammy for best R&B song for Shaka Khan's cover of I Feel For You. That's great. I prefer well, her version. Yeah. I like the rapping on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> uh, I Would Die For You, Baby I'm A Star, and the title track Purple Rain were recorded live uh, August 3rd, 1983 at a First Avenue show in Minneapolis. Although overdubs and edits took place on all three in September, 1983, this marked Prince's first album to include live recordings. The full, I mean, they didn't, they didn't overdub all that much. You're right. Like, I mean, when you listen to that, like uncut version, like just from the audience of them playing purple rain, it sounds like 90% the same, right? It's more edits than anything. Yeah. Uh, the full band appears on five tracks, Let's Go Crazy, Computer Blue, I Would Die For You, Baby I'm A Star, and Purple Rain, while the remainder of the tracks are essentially solo performances by Prince. Yeah. The album spent 24 consecutive weeks on the Billboard 
200 from August 4th, 1984 until January 18th, 1985, and more than 32 weeks in the top 10, becoming one of the most successful soundtracks ever. Prince joined Elvis Presley and the Beatles in being the only, one of the only artists to have a number one album, single, and film in the U.S. all at the same time. It traded number one positions on the charts with Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Wow. Also that year was uh, Footloose was a number one thing. Soundtrack. But yeah. that's like a compilation. That's not, that's not, that's not, that's not Kenny Loggins's Purple Rain. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Although, uh, Come On, Feel the Noise was on there, wasn't it? Uh, probably about that time. It was a Quiet Riot song. I in that, hate uh, that, that movie, man. I, I haven't seen what? it since. I hate that movie. You're an asshole. No, Kevin Bacon's haircut just annoyed me so much. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even look at him. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is great. Total sales sent at 25 million copies sold worldwide. God damn. Apparently there is a I was looking at the like the list of, you know, most albums ever sold and I think there's like a Lincoln Park album that sold more, more than yeah. Purple Rain. So That was that was big shit there for a while. It was the biggest selling record in, in the uh, world for that year. Here, uh, here's the incredible thing. I saw that stat, the the 25 million, mm-hmm. 13, over 13 million of those sales were in America. And wow. I, I think it's incredible to see how much American consumerism and listenership like drove the recording industry, like yeah. what consumers of music uh, Americans are, because that's over half. Like 25 million worldwide, over half just in America. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I have two other interesting things. So uh, this, I'm going to read you the Wikipedia entry from this so I don't fuck up the story. Uh, Stevie Nicks has often told the story of how she wrote the song Stand Back. She wrote it on the day of her marriage to Kim Anderson. Uh, they were newlyweds driving up to a ranch in Santa Barbara when Prince's song Little Red Corvette came on the re- radio. Nick started humming along to the melody, especially inspired by the lush synthesizers, and the song Stand Back was born. A couple stopped to get a tape recorder, and Nick's, re- Nick's recorded a demo in the honey room suite that night, later that night. Later, when Nick's went into the studio to, re- to record the song, she called Prince and told him the story of how she wrote the song to his melody um, and offered him a 50-50 split on the publishing and asked if he would come down and play on the song. So he, um, she called him up and he's like, yeah, I'll be there in 20 minutes. He comes down, records the synths and leaves without even saying goodbye. <laughs> and, and the so, synth parts in that are incredible yeah, too. So he got wow. uh, half of the publishing for that. And, um, <laughs> and he's uncredited on the album even. So, well, maybe if he would have stopped and uh, said goodbye. Right. Right. Well, so, uh, Peggy, McCreary told a great story. She said she went and saw him at play at the Hollywood Bowl and she was backstage at like the after party or whatever. And Prince comes up to her and he's like, Peggy, please dance with me. Please dance with me. And she's like, what, why? And he's like, Stevie Nicks will not leave me alone. (laughs) 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 If I had a dollar for every time I've said that. (laughs) Apparently Tom Petty felt the same way too. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) I love Stevie, man. I do too, man. I, have, I don't know why, but I feel like she's probably a pain in the ass. Oh yeah. So well, I mean, I think her and her and Lindsay might be the two most problematic people I've ever seen. <laughs> if not a pain in the ass, definitely a straw in the ass. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> hey yo. Hey yo. Uh it wouldn't be a Purple Rain podcast if we didn't talk about Wendy and Lisa. So uh, Wendy was dating Lisa um, when she was 19. She was asked to join the band. So Lisa was in the band. Yeah, she's in. She's she came in earlier. She was on uh, 1999. Yeah, and then um, she was actually uh, in Lisa's like hotel room playing guitar, and Prince heard her through the wall, and then asked Lisa, "He's like, hey, who's playing guitar?" in your room and she's like oh my girlfriend wendy anyways uh the guy that was playing guitar in the band just like no no call no show to show and so he was like you want to join the band and she was fucking in the band after that so wow when uh wendy actually is a twin she has a sister susavanna huh uh anyways prince dated her sister oh whoa yeah yep and it was rumored that uh (laughs) It was rumored that the beautiful ones was about her, but in 2015, Prince said it was actually about vanity. So, I was about vanity, really. Yeah, uh, Wendy and Lisa wrote a bunch of. Uh, after they left Prince, they did some solo albums and stuff. I sampled them a little bit. I don't know. They ain't very good. No, I tried, man. But uh, Wendy and Lisa wrote a bunch of music for the NBC show Heroes that was on probably 10 or 15 years ago. They also wrote the main title song for the TV show Nurse Jackie and won an Emmy for it. Oh. So hmm. they have an Emmy and they also have Grammys, right? So, and I mean, technically they didn't win an Oscar, but they almost got the EGOT. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, they, don't, they don't have a Tony. Right. Yeah. They got to get the Tony. So I bet they probably did get Oscars because if it's the, uh, if it's for the album, they have their credit on the out. Like my uncle got a, you know, um, he got a little nomination plaque for when uh, Stone Sour got nominated. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched Prince's uh, acceptance speech. The The Academy Award site's pretty amazing. Their website, like you can search by year and all that stuff. And they actually have text of the acceptance speeches and links to YouTube videos for the acceptance speeches. So, wow. so yeah, Prince, huh. uh, he brought Wendy and Lisa up and introduced them and handed them, you know, he handed Wendy the Oscar or whatever and Aww. then said a speech. So that was kind of nice. But, um, yeah, at age 12, uh, Coleman got her professional start as a keyboardist in the bubblegum pop band Wald- Waldorf Salad. The band also featured her siblings and uh, Jonathan M- Melvin. So Wendy's, Men- Wendy's brother, I guess. Yeah, it's the guy that uh, Jimmy Chamberlain uh, OD'd with. Or, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, um, they were signed to AM Records in 1973. 73? Terrible name. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, that was like the, yeah. that was one of the worst band names I've ever heard. Uh, this That's is, one of the worst salads ever known. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie wouldn't know, Jamie wouldn't know anything I about that. Know. As far yeah. as I know, salads just... I didn't know anything other than iceberg lettuce existed until like five years ago. So. Yeah, but Waldorf salad doesn't have lettuce in it. Oh, it doesn't? <laughs> no, know. it's like diced up apples and mayonnaise and, oh, all, and walnuts and, and shit. It's, it's real gross. Maybe Lord. there's raisins or grapes or something. You know, it's, 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 some white, it's some white people shit for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's really just like, uh, you know, uh, bad family reunion picnic at the <laughs> right. duck pond. Apparently you just mix shit together and it's a salad, huh? That's right. Uh, I love this factoid. In 1975, Coleman played a small role as a high school pianist in the Linda Blair made-for-TV film 
portrait of a teenage alcoholic, which I remember seeing. <laughs> Not in 75, <laughs> but uh, I do remember seeing that after school special or whatever. Um, Coleman on an audition was hired for Prince's backing group in 1980 for his Dirty Mind album and tour. And she play, she's done a shit ton of session work. She's done work for uh, Seal, Los Lobos, uh, Gwen Stefani, Allison Chains, Grace Jones, and Joe Satriani. So Allison Chains. Yep. Wow. Uh, it's one of she's their later a records. Badass man. Yeah, apparently. So that is literally huh. all of my fucking purple rain notes. And <laughs> I, we're, we're coming up on two hours here, boys. I just feel like I haven't even scratched the surface yeah. on. Like you it's, know, it's just so great, man. I mean, I mean, we could do a whole nother podcast on the movie. <laughs> right. Just fuck we, it. Fucking we, Morris, dude. <laughs> Mor <laughs> Morris and Jerome are the shit. You know, it's funny. Whenever I think about the song, let's go crazy. I always hear Morrison and, uh, Jerome that, doing that. Let's, let's go, go crazy. Let's get nuts. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking good. Yeah, and then Morris's laugh at the end. His oh, laugh is so, so great. How? So here's the thing about Morris. He's actually a really good actor. Yeah, like he's way a, better than Prince. Yeah, he's awesome. In he that movie. he uh, he is classically trained, or he he to be an actor. Yeah, I really? think after this movie, he sort of he went and did some did some acting classes. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, as good as he was, in, I mean, he was the best actor in Purple Rain. I'm surprised, and, and maybe he was just typecast, you know, and couldn't get more acting work. But I thought he was fucking great in it. You oh, know? He, he's awesome, and Jerome's great in it too. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, Jerome was <laughs> Jerome's in, in Under uh, the Cherry Moon. Under the yeah. Cherry Moon, yeah, and is great in Under the yeah, Cherry he, Moon. Yeah, he so. he he is the highlight of Under the Cherry. Yeah, Moon. yeah, he's super funny. Yeah. So. Yeah, Mike, you got to watch that. It's worth watching. I love it. I never, I never seen it. <laughs> it's black and white. Takes place in like what the forties or something in France. I, I don't remember. Is that what the? I don't remember. I, mean, just, I just remember being ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I love it and having some pretty good tunes in it. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah. That's. Are we gonna grade this thing? <laughs> I mean, I don't. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't. It's beyond grading. It doesn't even belong on a grading scale. It's yeah. almost like... It, sta it stands alone. Well, yeah, it's almost like uh, Purple Rain are the tablets, <laughs> and all other records are judged on a scale of the Ten Commandments. Yep. <laughs> you know, no, I it's get like... You. I get you. I'm with I you. I just... Uh, to, to say that this album deserves an A+, it does it a disservice. Of, <laughs> yeah, and in spite of like I, I don't I don't share the opinions that, that the two of you do about his guitar tone or about I mean, because like let's I like I like clean, compressed chorus guitars and like I, like processed guitar does not bother me because I'm a child of eighties rock. No, I I like all that. Uh, you know, I love Dude, a fucking. I own a GK. You know, I know. So like <laughs> RL two fifty. Like, you know, where like the, the fuck do you get off saying that his guitar tone is bad? Anyway, the Lindrum stuff doesn't bother me. Me no, Like nothing. Like not only does nothing about this bother me, it almost bothers me that there's nothing about this that bothers me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like perhaps that's why Prince ended up. Uh, going through a hev uh, heavily religious influence period because he like sold his soul to the devil or something. Maybe in order 
Uh, and yeah, you know, what the fuck do I know? Like, well, let's touch on that for a second. In in listening to this record, this record has way more religious stuff than I realized up until this last week. Like, there's really? a lot. Of, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I never. Yeah, I don't listen to fucking lyrics, you know. So I was, I was like, what oh, religious a, shit? Um, what's the thing where he's? Is it let's go crazy? Where he's talking as dearly like beloved? Jesus? We are gathered here today. Get this thing called life. That's all. It's gospel at the front. Right. Right. Um, he, he sounds like a revival preacher or something. And then, oh, uh, I'm gonna have to edit this part. Let me look this up real quick. Um, what's the backwards? They're saying stuff. Oh, that's the, is that the, uh, the that's end? That's the of, end of Darling Nikki. Yeah, I I actually <laughs> so like an idiot. I recorded it from Spotify and then figured out how to play it backwards in Logic so I could yeah. hear what they're saying. Uh, and then I I transcribed most of it. And then I was like, wait, I could probably just Google this. <laughs> so I spent like 20 minutes oh, that's amazing. figuring out how to fucking but, play something in reverse in Logic when I'm but like, that's not oh. nearly as fun. Yeah, so uh, I played this forward. Uh, I, I I played it backwards on my record player when I was a kid. Did you, were you able to figure out what the? I don't remember. I mean, I did it with Iron Maiden and and uh, Venom too. I do remember <laughs> that. Venom probably sounds better backwards. That, you know the yeah, Iron right. Maiden thing, John, where he's like, yep, yep. Yep, yep. He says, uh, "Don't meddle with things you do not understand." That's oh. what that oh, is. God. That's I'm, awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, the backwards part of Darling Nikki is, hello, how are you? I'm fine, because I know the Lord is coming soon, coming, coming soon. There you so go. there's a little bit of religious. Anyway, I, I, just, I just don't even feel, you know, like an ape. There's not a letter that... You're right. It's, I mean, like I said, man, this is my favorite album of all time. If I could only listen to one record the rest of my life, this is the one. Like hands down, no question. Like you know, there were some, there were a couple things that were you know in the ballpark for me for a few years. But as the years have gone on, it this has separated itself, and it's just you know for you know fifteen years, it's been my absolute number one. Out of curiosity, what were those other albums? Uh, Liz Fair, Exile, and Guyville. Yep, I was gonna say, and uh, the first Swerve Driver record. Oh fuck yeah, App- not Appetite. No. I mean, I love Appetite. I think it's the greatest single, greatest rock and roll record ever recorded. But uh, it's not, you know, it's 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 top fifteen for me, probably. Not Megadeth. So far, so good. So what? <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, you can't listen to that anymore. Dave Olsen's canceled. Uh, also, that album sounds terrible. Yeah, I hate Megadeth, um, man. I don't hate Megadeth. I, I like I, if, if some they, of if those Mustaine, first three records. If Mustaine would shut up. And play uh, the shit out of the guitar. Yeah, God, that guy is fucking good. Yeah, he's great. Like in a you know that first one with with Chris Poland on it. Like you know the, the oh, guitar. I mean the band's incredible on it, but his vocals are are absolutely atrocious, and I can't stand yeah. it. And he's a total douchebag too. <laughs> yeah, but I. Uh, but yeah, yeah. No, no, thank you. He's doing some uh, getting a signature Gibson here pretty quick, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and a signature kramer oh right 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 yeah, they own kramer one of now. each you see that yeah. gene simmons is doing some signature gibson stuff too yeah yeah oh that makes sense yeah <laughs> i saw that uh i saw mrs smith is getting a signature kramer yeah i've been knowing about that for a while that's so dope man that's pretty so, sick it's right? a cool looking guitar too yeah 
She just posted a well, a, a photo yeah. of, the, of the prototype today. Like you the, know, the full thing. It, everything goes back to those the Ibanez RG, right? Oh yeah, and the and the gem for Mrs. Smith. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that you know it went uh, went Kramer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't speak for Mrs. Smith, but uh, she's excited about about that guitar. Yeah, it's it's dope, and um, it's and it's been a you know it's been a long process. It's not like this just happened overnight. <laughs> yeah, no, that I mean, there's nothing about that guitar that was production. That's awesome. Yeah, it's got a Floyd yeah, like on they, it. Yeah, they weren't like, oh, here, right? Yeah, they weren't like, oh, here's a pacer let's just mm-hmm. make it your favorite color yep. and yep like a- everything about it is like there's even there's like yeah there's some there's some cool shit that oh, i like i like the wacky arm cutaway with the uh with the raw wood on it i thought that was killer i love the color I, i'm not sure if that is gonna be production staying or not i'd love it i think it's the coolest but uh super cool yeah mm-hmm. boy this podcast got away from me uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're talking about Kramers and Floyds. <laughs> like, That's what you get when you invite me on here, dude. Thinking, yeah, I should look at some Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Find out what a Floyd is. Yeah. Who, who's this Floyd guy? Oh, he's intimately familiar with what a Floyd is. I've uh, have, you know, was, I've introduced him well, to it. Have ever, but he's yeah. the barber, right? <laughs> yeah. Have we? Have, have I ever t- told the Molly Hatchet story on, on the Golden Showers? I don't know. I want to see how bad you butcher no. it. No, I want you to tell it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, I worked at a, with, you know, at a record store in our, uh, well, my hometown where I met Jamie, the Quad Cities. There you go. Uh, um, uh, Jamie's from the Twin Cities. I'm from, from Coon Rapids, City. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I worked at a record store there called Co-op, uh, which is still going and it was like the coolest wow. place in the world. Like I, like all the guys that work there, are the shit it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of them still work there. Um, but there was this guy named Ulysses who was this old black guy that was a concert promoter in town. And, you know, and he was old, like old. And, uh, you know, he was you know all about like bringing the whispers and stuff, you know, and the, you know, the Delphonics and shit like that. But he would, you know, he would book all kinds of stuff. Uh, and he would, all, if he didn't know who it was, he would come into this, uh, to the record store and he would ask, uh, uh, my boss Reed, who's like an encyclopedia of all music and, uh, movie knowledge. And uh, he would ask him about, um, you know, like bands that were coming through, see if they were draw and all that stuff. And uh, so he's like reading off different bands and getting his opinion on them. And he's like, he's like now this Molly Hatchet, what kind of music do she play? And <laughs> it's just one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> kind of music does she play? Yeah. Ah, uh, Molly Hatchet. Wow. Yep. There's no April wine. <laughs> <laughs> I do prefer April wine. <laughs> April wine's that's the fucking shit. <laughs> killer man dude, that, uh, that triple harmony guitar solo and roller is the jam dude roller gypsy queen yep. is a fucking badass jam oh yeah uh wouldn't want to lose your love is killer. yeah they're they're yeah underrated for come sure come on from canada they're the mm-hmm. uh oh yeah dude they're <laughs> fucking badass i will not I mean, you're be practically this canadian shit. What? Oh, you uh, Jamie? No, I, no, no. I was gonna say I will not be putting this shit in the show notes. Like, oh, <laughs> show, the show notes, notes are already gonna be too fuck. You uh, motherfuckers that lasted this long in this episode can Google, Google this shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone yeah. that's listening this long <laughs> knows April Wine. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's very true. Very Probably true. personally. Yep. Oh fuck! All right. 
Well, okay, that was Purple Rain. All right, man. What is, uh, what is next week? So, are you guys, what is, are you guys oh, gonna we pick? have to pick you, the you, fucking right. You know what? Can we bounce that to next week? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. go for okay, it. Yeah, it's cool. fine. Yeah, I just. It's 11 o'clock here, and oh, you know, I've been up since six. Oh, Jesus. Well, before we get out of here, uh, I just want to say thanks for you guys for inviting me to come on for my favorite record. No, it's uh, so excited to have you. Super fun. Uh, this was not nearly as animated as I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to yell at you the whole time. <laughs> and I, I didn't. Well, how, at me? Why, yeah. How are you going to yell and argue about something that you agree on? Oh, we didn't. I'm, I'm sure you guys, if anyone. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, Keep your eyes on your own paper, Squires. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, and you know, I'm shocked that there were actually no tears. I think I must have cried them out on the way here. Yeah, I but, uh, uh, yeah. I cried last night telling Jennifer this story about Prince playing the fucking children's hospitals. Yeah, so. and uh, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it, this was great, man. It was a lot of fun, guys. Thank <laughs> what you are you laughing much. about, Mike? <laughs> that just retelling the story. <laughs> oh fuck! I th- can I close in telling a story the other yesterday Thursday. Uh, I had a fucking bunk day driving for 11 hours and uh, I started my day by fucking running over a woodchuck and killing it. No. It was awful. And I thought about your experience hitting squirrel. I don't even remember squirrel. Yeah, it was a squirrel. Except this thing, it was like, you know, I'm driving this thing that weighs like fucking 10 tons or whatever. And I just like, I couldn't even slow down. And this thing was just like waddling, oh, man. like as waddling as fast as it could across the road. And I was just like, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. And uh, I thought that I, you know, I thought maybe I, the wheelbase would miss it, but I, I felt it in, yeah. the, in the truck. It was terrible. Yikes. Oh, man. God damn it. Uh, that sucks, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah, it blows, man. Still didn't cry. <laughs> I felt terrible. You are a cold motherfucker. Yeah, that is hilarious. I felt terrible, but I didn't Dude, cry. We, I, me and Jamie are we're bad. Man. Yeah, we, yeah, we are notorious. Yep. Uh, don't you guys cry at Kiss concerts? Religiously. Yeah. <laughs> I the first time I saw Kiss in makeup, I cried the entire show. Like, I didn't even get to see the fucking show. I couldn't see. I, my eyes were so puffy. And people in my section kept turning around and asking if I was okay. <laughs> You're like, yes, it's just the happiest moment of my life. Oh, man, I'm going I'm to cry and it's going to be about Kiss. God damn it. Because <laughs> uh, uh, Jamie went and saw the first time. Uh, it was just him and his girlfriend, Holly. And because uh, I was out of town, I didn't get to go see the first show that they came through. And the next time they came through... Jamie and he was telling me how he cried just all crazy and stuff. <laughs> and uh and he and he told me, so I'm not gonna cry this time. I'm not gonna cry this time. <laughs> and uh um, and we're sitting there and before the before the um the, the show they play a bunch of classic rock stuff and uh they're playing uh Won't Get Fooled Again. And we're yeah. both massive Who fans, you yep. know, and, and uh they're playing it and uh right at is the you know the big after the you know the the synth solo in the middle the big scream comes and the huge kiss banner just unfurls from the ceiling 
you know, like <laughs> you know, 50 feet tall. Yep. And Jamie just fucking explodes, just <laughs> snot. <laughs> and, um, oh and, and, and honestly, it made me cry too. I was, but I was laughing, like crying and laughing at the same time at him. Do you and, think uh, that people around you thought that you guys were on psychedelics? Something. Because that's the kind of thing that psychedelics. Something. Would, uh, I mean, and, and we, in about every third song, like, you know, like they'd play fucking deuce. We'd be like, oh, fucking deuce. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, because I mean, we used to go see Kiss tribute bands together. Oh yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like we would drive around. We drove like, to Chicago yeah, to see a fucking oh, Kiss oh, tribute yeah. band, like uh, four hours. Oh, what was the name of that fucking venue? It had like the dome ceiling with like uh, Zeus painted on it. Oh right, yeah. And uh, and this band had like full fucking pyro. This is they pre, were good. Yeah, pre Great White. Yeah, and like we almost got <laughs> our God. we almost got our freaking eyelashes burnt off by that yeah, stuff. They man. were amazing. Yeah, they were great. Wow, that guy actually had a Gibson Les Paul custom. Yep, <laughs> he didn't have an Epiphone. And uh, yeah, it was it was that was killer. But yeah, it was some funny shit. Yeah, <laughs> we got kissing. That's we good. need to we need to figure out a way to make Mike cry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have to think long and hard about that one. <laughs> yeah, dude. right. Uh, I'm trying to think of a way. This guy's got that cold, dead heart, man. Maybe when Dave Mustaine yeah. dies. <laughs> 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 uh, you could have Scotty in leave another dead. message. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, I still yeah, have that as my know. outgoing voicemail, and uh, Mike calls me every once in a while. It's so great. Oh, it's so funny! I man. still forget. I forget. <laughs> yep. Like, I almost never text. That's not my go-to. You know, I'm. It's just not my go-to yeah. to text, and because I'm usually driving when I think of reaching out or when I have questions, because that's the only time I'm not working on a thing, and so. Yeah, I fucking call and every and I never remember. <laughs> and and it and Jamie's phone never rings. It always goes straight to voicemail because so he funny. fucking sees and he's like, "Nope, no." It's because I I have my phone on do not disturb all the time because I don't want phone calls. So it's not just you. It's no I, um, it's no phone calls. But yeah, I almost exclusively forget that scotty and is on the other <laughs> so it's so funny man it's so goddamn funny yeah i've been saving all those voicemails for uh, <laughs> an, another episode it's so good so it's pretty good all right well uh obviously a plus for me on yeah, this yeah. uh and next week we are doing the band slint and the song oh. the record is called spiderland yeah so should be exciting is, to listen to that everyone. is a, a study in contrasts hey <laughs> You guys? Yeah. You're great. Aw. No, you're great, Mike. <laughs> you're great, Mike. <laughs> Jamie's all right. <laughs> I know. He keeps, he keeps saying that, trying to enforce that idea, but it's, <laughs> 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 I don't think anybody believes it other than maybe one of my wife. So. So, no, you're, all right. you're, you're, you're better than okay. <laughs> uh, this is super fun, guys. I, I'm glad we uh, were able to... to to push this off long enough to where we could get together and yeah. you know really yeah. do it justice and have some high quality audio and you know I don't know if <laughs> we'll see how high quality it is <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah this uh, is fun and uh, yeah we'll have to figure out another record to do this in the future maybe uh, if Liz Fair fucking Exile and Guyville ever there gets you picked go. there you go I'm so, into it yeah so maybe when we do that we'll have John back on I'll be into it awesome. <laughs> Maybe I'll do the intro. There you go. <laughs> there <we> go. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Maybe you won't right. like it, and then the whole time me and yeah, John we'll just be like, up "What the you. fuck, dude?" <laughs> then we could. I mean, there's there's a, there a very yeah. good chance you won't like it. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, it's it's really attached to a you know a time and a place. And then the and also for me the protect you know the the person she sings about the entire album is named Johnny and uh, so and uh but I just it it was so raw like I mean, not every song but like some of the songs are just so raw and so emotional and stuff and you can just hear that she means all of it and she you know doesn't know how to play guitar but she plays guitar in the coolest way and it's the band's great all right guys all right guys I Fuck will, off. Uh, yeah next week Slint all right love you dudes see all ya right. love you too. Bye. You guys have a great night. You too. too. Bye. Bye. Bye.